Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Maybe like the Bruce Cruise Podcast? Then I have to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. That's right, free. Anchor sports a plethora of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you. So your voice and experience can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. One of the coolest parts, you have the option to make money from your podcast with no no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm to get started on your podcast today.
And welcome everybody to another edition of To The Turnbuckle. As always, we are proudly presented by the fine folks, or should I say folk, at Bruiser Nation Productions. And as always, we are live on Heel Turn Wrestling, and we are live on Squarner Network. So disclaimer, disclaimer, we're not students anymore. So if we say something that's a little off kilter... We apologize, but we're probably still going to do it. Yeah, that's kind of our thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, I can't do any big elaborate intros this week. So, Travis Snapper, I'm just going to ask, how the hell are you? Pretty good. I think I've survived the weekend, I think. Yep, pulse is still good. Okay. All right. So much wrestling. So much wrestling. Mr. McCarthy, how the hell are you? Dude, I'm great, man. I got some of my merch in, as you can see. Oh, yeah. And, uh... I got shoes. They're off to the side of the room, so I'll show them off later. And, yeah, I I survived the weekend um, of wrestling as well, but um, I don't think it's over yet. Don't we have NXT tonight and Dynamite tomorrow? You hush your mouth. (laughs) Yes, the war continues. And, uh, Mr. King of the Hill, how are you on your perch, my friend? Uh, I'm doing well. As they said, I also survived the weekend. It was a lot of wrestling coming to us. Ready to get dive into it and get talking about it and get back to watching it more tonight. All right, let's dive in. As you just said, let's go ahead and do it, brother. All right, so let's quickly talk WrestleMania as quickly as we can. Uh, disclaimer: We're not. I'm not. You know, going night one, night two. I am doing as I made the rundown, which was just caught, what caught my eye. Time. I did do that for NXT Stand and Deliver later on in the show, but WrestleMania I just combined and, and, and put into one big conglomerate. All right, let's kick it off. WWE Champion Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre. This was the, the kickoff to night one of WrestleMania. WrestleMania Saturday, as it was so illustriously called. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Mr. King of the Hill. What do you think Bobby Lashley retains? I was shocked that Bobby actually retained because I I truly believed that this was going to be the time that Drew got his moment in front of the fans. I'm not disappointed. I mean, I'm I was kind of done with the Drew run, but you know, I'm just shocked that Bobby won in the fashion he won. He I mean, Drew didn't tap out. He put Drew to sleep with the hurt lock. So it was a great fun way to start off Mania, and we'll see where this road takes Bobby now. Is he's not just a Passover champion or ah forgot the word, but you know what I mean. Transition champion, I believe. Transition champion. Uh, all right, Mr. Napper, what do you think? Uh, Bobby Lashley maintains his grasp. The almighty era continues. I thought it was great. I thought it was very entertaining. It was kind of the, the match you expected out of both these guys. They said they were going to beat the crap out of each other. They beat the crap out of each other. And it was a great... It's always... A great way to start Mania when you get a match like this where it's just flat out physical, nothing really too flashy, nothing too over the top, just a good old ass kicking. Yeah, it was it was a big physical matchup. Uh, as always, Loganites, leave your thoughts in the comments. What do you think? Lashley still champion, right call, wrong call. Uh, and before we, before we uh, get into all what I think about it, let's go to the man that makes Bruiser Nation Productions happen. I'm talking about, you know, Mr. McCarthy. What do you think? The Almighty Era continues. Good uh, job. Uh-oh. Good job. 
We'll try and get him back. All right. Well, a little technical difficulties. Let me go ahead and lay my thoughts out there. A big physical matchup. I was surprised. I thought this was going to be Drew McIntyre's moment to 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 get it back in front of fans. There was twenty five thousand in attendance, so I, I was surprised by that. Um, this was this match was was okay. Uh, you know, pretty good. I give it a B plus. It's not something that we'll remember for a lifetime. You know, it doesn't have that magical ring to it, the magical moment. Uh, it just it, it just doesn't have that. But nothing to be ashamed of if you're Lashley or Drew McIntyre. And a pretty, when you consider the fact that it was the kickoff, pretty good match. Now, if it was the main event, I would have been like, well, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it was the kickoff, and I thought it was a great way to kick it off. I thought the wrong guy won. I, I, I just, it's, we, again, he was so screwed by 50-50 booking, I'm still not there with Lashley. I know he's got all the, all the capabilities. He's got all the fortitude. He's as badass as Brock Lesnar. He just hadn't had the booking. But he's been—he was so screwed by 50-50 until like a rumble. Uh, it just hasn't been long enough for me yet for me to go ahead and think, hey, it—it, it, um, you know, it, it works. Uh, make sure the audio is good to go. So that comment. Um. We'll see how that all turns out. I want a prediction from you boys. I want a prediction. I want a prediction from you two, uh, from you two gentlemen. And we'll get McCarthy back in here in a few moments. Technical difficulties. Do apologize. I'm going to start with you, Mr. King of the Hill. Who do you think eventually takes that title belt off of Bobby Lashley? I was pondering this over the weekend after Saturday night and then through Monday night last night trying to figure out who could be the guy to take it off of him now that, you know, he defeated Drew straight up here. I'm telling you, there's only two people that actually come to mind, and one is Keith Lee. We haven't seen him lately. He's out with the injury. Hopefully he's getting better, and we'll see him return to action soon. I think Keith Lee could be a great match for Bobby. And the other one is your guy, Brock Lesnar. I mean, how much longer are we going to see him not around? I thought we were going to get him at WrestleMania, and I was wrong. I was waiting for him to come down and destroy them both afterwards, but didn't get it. Maybe we're waiting for SummerSlam, but those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head that have a shot at dethroning Bobby Lashley's reign. Mr. Merlin Napper, uh, if you've got, uh, give me a prediction if you can. Uh, who do you think is the guy to beat Bobby Lashley? So Ryan and I actually talked about this off off the air. Um, oh, I can't let you guys be... be- we were talking about this a little bit yesterday um, and I agree with him that probably the two are probably Keith Lee and maybe Brock Lesnar another name that I threw out was a name that we might be seeing back uh, there's a lot of rumors swirling around we do I do know for one thing he's off the commentary team but maybe a Samoa Joe. I was very surprised that we didn't see him show up. I figured if there was ever a time, if they're going to pull him off the commentary team and give him another run, it'd be that night. Uh, maybe he's a SmackDown guy. Uh, that, we, we still have after we didn't see him, I was like, well, maybe he shows up on SmackDown. I don't know. You know uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we we're still missing Mr. McCarthy, to my knowledge. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Then I'll go ahead and give you my, my thoughts. Is Keith Lee a possibility? Absolutely, I think he is. But I, I don't I don't think he's going to come right back and win the title. 
That's not, I just don't see that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it doesn't seem like they would do that to him. Uh, Lesnar comes to mind, and Goldberg comes to mind. Uh, you know, he does have one more match on the contract. I know that upsets people to, to think that could even be a possibility. They go, oh, God, no. But you have to remember that, that Vince has the spear versus spear fetish. And, and uh, I, I think that's a possibility. And Lesnar is who I, who I want. That's who I hope. That's, that's who Lashley wants. That's who he hopes. He'll gladly put him over. He just wants to face him. Uh, but I, I don't know when we'll see Brock Lesnar if we did not see him at WrestleMania. I'll get more into that uh, a little bit later on in the show. But I, I, those are the two names that come to mind. Of, of the quote-unquote full-timers, it's a, it's a tough... If you're beating Drew McIntyre clean on the WrestleMania, and probably going to beat him again at WrestleMania Backlash, I assume, we'll get into Raw, of course, uh, in the third hour of the show. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very short list uh, that, that are capable of beating you. If, if, I can throw around Yeah, but they're they're not going to beat him. No, they're not going to, but it would still be a good match. Uh, and unfortunately, I think I think Cedric and Shelton are back down to Jobberland. And not that there's any shame in doing a job; it's your job to do your job. But at, after what I saw on Raw last night with the the Viking Raiders, uh, Cedric and Shelton are back in the land of irrelevancy. It, it does appear, unfortunately. All right, let's move it along. Uh, we will get McCarthy's comments when we get him back in. He's ha- he's having some technical difficulties on his end. Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeated Daniel Bryan and Edge. Uh, defeated them both at the same time. He pinned them both. So not you know the old well. I didn't get pinned. That can't be used here. So I guess props for that creativity. Um. So I'm going to start with you, Ryan. What'd you think of this match? And then I want the same thing. I want a prediction on who you think might beat the head of the table, Roman Reigns. I thought this was the thing, this match that stole the whole damn show, like both nights all together. This was everything we needed in a main event. They saved the best for last. This is the one match that I know that stood out to me on paper that I was looking forward to the most. And I was shocked that Roman kept it because I thought this could be the chance to take the title off of him without him taking the pinfall. And I thought WWE might go that route. But all this did was really solidify Roman as the head of the table even more by the way he pinned not just Daniel, but Edge at the same time. He just laid them right on top of each other and said, this is my yard. Basically, I'm the head of the table and he runs this show. So this was a big moment for Roman Reigns. It was everything he needed it to be. And it was one hell of a match. And for this one, someone who comes to mind, I don't know if he's going to defeat him, but I think this guy deserves a shot to go against Roman. I'd be excited to see it would be Cesaro. That's the only one that comes to mind right now on SmackDown, unless you run it back with another Daniel or Edge again one-on-one. But Cesaro, I feel like, is the guy who needs that push now. Uh, yeah, I think Cesaro would be a, be a, hell, of a hell of a matchup. I don't think he'd be the guy to to end the head of the table's reign, but there's no denying that it would be a hell of a matchup. No question. We you. know that Paul Heyman believes in him. Uh, Mr. Narlin Napper, I know you're working uh, working those digits like crazy. A little anatomy here on to the turnbuckle. <laughs> but uh, let me add another uh, another thought to the, the cocoon of chaos up there. I oh, good. In that chair. Please do. Uh, 
You know, what do you think of the match? And then I want your prediction. Who do you think dethrones Roman Reigns? I agree with Ryan. I thought the match was easily either the match of the night or the second best match. Of, not just match of the night, but second match of the pay, best match of the pay per view. Um, I enjoyed it. I it was actually better than I was anticipating. Uh, because there was just so many different avenues. You didn't know where they were going. They did a really good job of making you wonder who the heck is going to win this match because it went so back and forth time and time again, especially as we got closer to the finish. It was a good, brutal fight. Everybody gave what I expected out of them. Loved the concerto moments. I thought that was a nice little added touch. Um, as far as who's going to face Roman, though, I would say I probably would agree with Ryan that it's possible to be Cesaro, maybe Samoa Joe, like you mentioned. Maybe he, maybe he's a SmackDown guy. Maybe he goes to SmackDown and tries to take on the head of the table. Other than that, I mean, Big E. That that's about like like we said with Raw. It's kind of the same thing on SmackDown. We've built these champions up, or we've built these guys up, and the people that they faced to such high regard, it's almost impossible for anybody else to get up to that level right now. No question. It is a, it is tough. I see we have Mr. McCarthy back, uh, back in the saddle again, back in black, like uh, like his favorite uh, stable, the inner circle. We'll get that, that later. Um <laughs> <laughs> quickly, my friend, give me your thoughts on the WWE Championship match, and then I want a prediction on who beats Lashley. And then, because because we're 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 playing catch up ball, give me your thoughts on the Universal Championship match, and then predict who's going to eventually beat Roman. So you got all that? Yeah, man. So I think right, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre was really, really well done. It was kind of just a big old hoss fight. And honestly, it was weird in 2021 to see a full Nelson be a finish. But I say that in a refreshing attitude. That's something we haven't seen in a long time with someone that can really truly like make you believe that he could probably even beat Brock Lesnar with that hold. Will, will he ever? Probably not. But putting Drew McIntyre away like that makes the Hurt Lock that much more devastating because if we all remember just over a year ago, Drew McIntyre kicked out of F5s and everything else. Um, as far as who's going to beat Lashley, man, I don't even know. There's not like – Drew can't – he has to beat Drew at WrestleMania Backlash. He has to. So – and there's no one else built up enough yet. They're going to – they got a lot of work to do to build someone up unless Brock comes back at SummerSlam. Uh, as far as the Universal Championship, I'm with uh, Travis on that one. I think it is like the second best match of the entire weekend. Really giving from all guys, and it's one of those things that you like to see out of your older veterans. Daniel Bryan and Edge went all out there with Roman Reigns with the entire goal of putting Roman over that much more than he already is. Like, if he wasn't so hated already before, he's that much more now because he beat everybody's heroes. You know, whether you were still on the Edge side or still on the Daniel Bryan side, now you really, really hate Roman Reigns because he beat them both decisively. Join the club. And I, th I think Big E should be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. As much as I want to see Cesaro in that spot and have a shot at Roman Reigns, 
yeah, he's been with the company like nine years, but he's not ready for that yet. He's still got a lot to do, build with his character and get to that point. Big E's already there. Big E's arguably been there for a year. So I think the guy that finally beats Roman is going to be Big E. We shall see. I would love for it to be, be Big E. You, you guys have heard me sing the praises of Big E on this show, and I've said that if he's not world champion this year, it's a travesty. You've heard me say that, absolutely. I, I, I am all aboard the Big E train. Think big, because this is a guy that has he's got he's got everything you could want. He's a respectable worker for a big man. And if you, you prefer the more character-based stuff like I do, he's got charisma dripping out of his pinky toe. This guy has it in every single spade you can have it. Could his work rate get a little better? Sure. I guess what that comes with? Time. Time and being in the main event or being the Intercontinental Champion. And reps. It, it just it, it, well, it, it just absolutely, he's got it. Now, I'm going to predict once again. Well, first, before I predict, let me give my thoughts on the match. I thought the match was fantastic. There's, there's, I mean, this is what a WrestleMania event, main event should be. And frankly, let's be honest, it's what we've come to expect from Roman Reigns. There's not a spot he hasn't been in. I mean, when you're in there with The Undertaker, WrestleMania 33, or Triple H at 32, there's not a, and we've seen the Brock Lesnar uh, showdowns. There's not a big moment that he hasn't ever been in and can't live up to the hype. Uh, one of the unsung hero matches of 35 was the, McIntyre match uh, with Roman. I know that Roman was still coming back off leukemia and all that, but there's not a spot he hasn't been in, and he can he can perform. I, I am not a huge Roman Reigns fan. I make that very clear on this show almost weekly, but there's no denying that he's been in the big money matches, and never does it feel like he's completely and utterly dropped the ball. And you have to give credit to that because we've seen guys in big money matches, and we go, what was that? Um. As far as the finish, I don't like it, and that's not my Roman bias. It's that where do you go from here? The problem is now we're getting into Hogan territory. Who the hell beats these guys? You know, we're, we're, we are. We're getting into, well, if he can't beat him, who the hell can? Again, I, I'm, I'm stuck with the same two names. Yes, Big E should be the guy. Unfortunately, I don't think he is the guy. Because, again, in Vince world... Especially with his his favorite toy, Roman Reigns, uh, because that's what this is all about, right? It's it's Vince going. I don't want to play with you anymore. Uh, and and so in Vince world, I don't think that he goes, yeah, Big E's my guy to beat Roman Reigns. I think he thinks Big E's a guy, but I don't think he thinks he's the guy to be the guy. Again, I'm stuck with the same two names. I'm like, does he run back Goldberg? Does he run back Lesnar? Because let the Lesnar thing is there because of Heyman that. That's obvious. If they, if they ever want to pull the trigger on that, and either Heyman sides with Lesnar or he sides with Roman, uh, that that's there. We know they have the Spear versus Spear match officially booked, and then Roman, you know, due to the co the, the severity of COVID, was like, I'm out. Uh, that's there. So again, those two names keep coming back to me, and I know people go, God, would you get off those two? Tell me in the comments. Tell me. Re reply to a comment this week if you're listening to the podcast version. Who the hell else makes any level of sense in Vince world? We can make a... I can make a case for Cesaro. I can make a case for Big E. Hell, I can make a case for Seth Rollins. But that's not how that Botox-infused man from Connecticut thinks. <laughs>
I'm not. I'm not saying that that's who should be the guy. You just heard me say Big E should be the next champion, not Goldberg, not Brock Lesnar. They. I'm fine with having them, but Big E deserves to be next in line. But if you think that's how Vince McMahon thinks, I, I we saw with the Fiend. The Fiend never has never regained quite that momentum with Goldberg beating him, and. And I, that's all I ever do is I try to tell you what I think Vince is thinking because we've seen that style of booking for so long. And so usually he doesn't think the – because, yeah, this is, could Cesaro be world champion? Hell, yeah, he could. He could lift all of us up together. Together. And I, I don't know about all of you, but I eat some good meals. Y'all saw me at Roosters. Like, Cesaro can do it. He could swing all of us at one time. Big E is a star in every sense of the word. He's got charisma. He can work enough. He works. Seth Rollins, the shield thing. We could we could do that. We wh- Why not? I didn't even think of Seth Rollins. You know, we could do that. I, and I'm saying those three are guys you can go, yeah, you probably deserve it. But in this world, when this is the guy, consider this. This is one of only two men to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Hell, this was the guy they allowed to say, I retired The Undertaker. Not even Andrew Styles got that, and he technically did. So that's where I'm like, I only look at two guys that I know are readily available. And I, Goldberg is available. He has the one more match. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure he can be easily coerced into, I'll do a few more. Uh, and, of course, Brock Lesnar at some point will be back. And how do I know that? Because I know someone's going, well, how do you know? He has shown too much on my damn screen and mentioned too often for him to not be on good terms with the company. We know I'll that's how you. that works. If they're not on good terms, they don't get talked about. Guess who didn't get talked about in Charlotte's promo last night? Andrade, because they ain't that tight, bro. Because they ain't that tight. But Brock Lesnar is mentioned like every single week by somebody or he is shown in a video package. So if you don't like that prediction... Kiss McGrits. That's the thought. That we'll see on any of those. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, WrestleMania Backlash will tell us more of that story. What a stupid name. Uh, Every time you say it, it just gives me stupid. Why can't it just be called a backlash? Uh, just, just don't tell Braun Strowman that it was stupid. He might hurt us. Uh, he might hurt Shane McMahon, and that's something I'm okay with. I mean, he tried. Uh, all right, next, let's talk about Randy Orton defeated the Fiend. Alexa Bliss uh, turned into Coke meets Mentos. Um, it, it, uh, I know it was supposed to be Sister Abigail and whatever the hell else all that was. Somebody inked all over. I didn't know that there was an octopus in the Fiend in the box. I had no idea. It turns out there's a live octopus is just running around in the Fiend in the box, and they were inking like crazy. Um, I'll start here because this is just so stupid. This guy is the indestructible fiend. Not even, like, it took Goldberg everything he had in his arsenal to get this guy down. He gets distracted by this one broad. By this one broad. And one, one, this guy can't, takes like 11 curb stops. Inside Hell in a Cell. And who's the genius that decided, hey, let's bring back the red light. I got news, Vince, Triple H, Kevin Dunn, you Bucky Beaver. The red light sucks. 
The red light sucks. Red light district sucks. See what it did there? And the red light sucks. The red light is awful. It is atrocious. It is bad. It is ugly. There's a reason y'all went, well, Taker Cut's promo is in the blue light. Boy, that really works. But no one ever said, hey, Take, we're going to have you work a match in the big blue light. It's stupid. You can't see him. And I could live with that, I guess, in the Thunderdome. But you had fans in the stands, and so we're just going to put the red light back on? Like, I thought we all decided it sucked. So this guy can regenerate, like, Spongebob, which is what he did in his entrance. He regenerated and got a new mask. So for all of you that paid $250 for that mask of the burned one, I'm sorry, that three-week edition's got to go. Um, this guy took all of Goldberg's arsenal... This guy took like 11 curb stops. This guy beats John Cena. And if you want to get technical in kayfabe, John Cena didn't get like an offensive maneuver. But one RKO from a very freaked out Randy Orton. And oh, he can't manage to get that right shoulder up. Why? Because she stood there and went, I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. What is going on? This is your unbeatable fiend, and Randy Orton and his RKO gets it done. This guy comes back from being burned alive, and like I said, regenerates like SpongeBob, just tears the thing out, and uh, he looked like the villain off of Halloween Town to start, and just oh. While I'm glad the Randy Orton feud is over, I, I'm thrilled. I, I'm just proud as punch. I, uh, my sphincter is puckered with excitement over the fact that it is over. Finally. What I'm not proud to punch about, what I'm not sphinctered over, is that... How, what are we doing here? Are we going to book an intergender match here? Are we going to book a scare-off, pal? Oh, God. Can we just... This guy's a star. This guy is a star. This guy can be in the same breath as Taker, as Kane. He could be if he wasn't saddled by horrible Suicide Squad booking, because that's what this looks like. This looks like the Suicide Squad version of the Joker and Harley Quinn. Who gives a damn? Nobody. No, that's. It's bad. It just. It's stupid. All right, I'm off my soapbox. McCarthy, am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. Like, I had really high hopes for this because that opening when he, like, transformed back into the old fiend just with an old new mask, that was kind of legit. That was really good production value, like we have come to know from WWE. But, dude, I'm right there with you. This may have been more detrimental to the fiend character than Goldberg simply because really like we all love the RKO like it's it's legit yeah. he's done it so many different ways to so many different people it's legit it's a legit finisher but like you said 16 curb stops all of Goldberg's arsenal and you get beat because you're distracted by your best friend with one RKO like that shouldn't have mattered it's the fiend he should have kicked out anyway yeah, I'm not and it was almost it was almost a dead giveaway that Randy was going to win because those new tights were legit. Normally, when they have new stuff, they win. A la Triple H WrestleMania 
Night, no, shoot. When he wrestled Goldberg, WrestleMania 19, when he had the purple gear on, he won. But, it, and they faked us out with Edge doing that because him and Randy matched for some reason. Rated RKO are they gonna forever, like, brother. Are they going to like hang out again? Like, I wouldn't mind that so much, but like, but no, this was, I don't agree with this booking at all. I think either they, I think The Fiend should have just won to finish everything. Because in theory, the fiend's gonna want his win back. So is it really over, or are we just taking a little detour through this Alexa Bliss stuff, and then go right back to Fiend and Randy? Detour. Detour. Well, after after Randy Orton losing last night on Monday Night Raw, I hate to, good God, we all we did was miss an exit, didn't we? Yeah. No. Back no. 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 No, no, I do not consent. You cannot. Stupid GPS. You, I do not consent. You can't <laughs> shove it down my throat. No, that's what. We're no Mac- McCarthy. You made it worse. You were supposed to make me feel better. Oh, at least I'm I thought it was over. Sorry. Oh, big Stevie C. Thank you, brother. You're right. It was egregious. Oh, please. Yes, it egregious. was. You be sure to watch Heel and Face podcast every Sunday right here on Hill Turn Wrestling, and he'll tell you just how egregious it is. Oh, oh I didn't even think it. No, you. I don't like you, Mister McCarthy, and I don't like you because you're the frequenter of facts, and you make me think <laughs> logically, and I hate that. Uh, no, I was convinced that this detour was going to be a full fledged detour. We're never going back, at least for like four years. Um, Napper, Napper, yeah, Napper, yeah, Napper, yeah, Napper, yeah. Is he right? Oh, he's absolutely right. No, yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. He's absolutely right. This is a detour. Um, no. yeah, it's a detour. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Good old detours. Any, any thoughts? I've I've gone back and forth with this match quite a few times. I agree that all in all, it was poo-poo. It was stupid. But on the other hand, I'm also intrigued because it's something new. We've not seen that before. I don't know what to make of it. And as much as... The Fiend has never really gone anywhere back towards, like, a title. I don't think we also can't say that it hasn't been interesting. Like, yeah, there's been moments with the Randy feud where it was out of, you know, they had to drag on and all on forever and ever and ever and ever. But I, at least for me personally, there has been very few moments where I can't say that I'm not still entertained. Is the booking stupid? Is it a a weird, dumb way to go about either ending this story or prolonging it? Sure. But I still want to know what happens. At the end of the day, that's that's all that really matters to them. Well, I, I suppose so, but I think that's the equivalent of if I watch a car wreck, kind of want to know if I'm if I'm all, if I'm if I'm driving down the road, not that I can drive. If if Peyton and I are driving down the road. And a car wrecks. <clears throat> I want to know if everybody's okay. I want to know. I want to know the payoff, right? 
I don't have time to sit there and go, is everybody all right? I don't have time for that. I, I don't have to, I, I, I have a place to be. There's a reason I'm in the car. There should be a reason that Vince McMahon is in the clown car. We shouldn't have time for this. We don't need to detour. He's making us make time. Well, I know that we're now in the WWE offseason creatively. I, I know that, the, that this is what this is the beginning of. From now until SummerSlam. And maybe that's why they did it. Because they know they're going to be in a period of time where it's going to be awful. Maybe they knew because, they needed something to try to boost that. Because I not, think Alexa Bliss and the Fiend that could be. Look, unless it's going to unless it's going to feature some sort of Alexa Bliss live sex celebration, I'm not that interested. Not that <laughs> interested. I have to tell you, uh, Ryan. I saw you perk up at the words live sex celebration. We said disclaimer, right? We did. We did. I'm only referencing an old raw angle, and so if people are offended by that, call Peacock. Um, uh, Somebody probably already did. Carl Peacock, uh, uh, better known back in the day as Right to Censor. Um, and you can give them a call at 1-800-LICK-ME. Um, so, Mr. Ryan King of the Hill, what do you think of this uh, fantastic booking decision, dripping with sarcasm, I hope you all know, by Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Lay it on me. I thought this was awful. As you guys mentioned earlier, I think this loss hurts him more than the Goldberg loss. And I never thought that I'd be saying that because I thought the Goldberg loss was the worst thing that could have happened to the Fiend. Well, I you think we found wrong. it here. Unless, uh-oh, did I, did I strike a nerve there? No, but, he just said you're wrong. Oh, all right. Well, or you were we'll wrong. Agree to, we'll agree to disagree. But no, this was, this was terrible. I mean, I thought the Fiend was actually going to just go over here. And then the feud would be over. But as we've mentioned, I think this is now just a detour. We don't know what they're going to do with Alexa Bliss just yet and how it's going to go. I'm I'm over this feud. I've been over this feud since probably the beginning of February. I was waiting for the Fiend just to appear back up. But now, here we go. We're going to go into WrestleMania Backlash, most likely, and have these two finish it there, I hope. But yeah, the red light, too. Terrible. My gosh, it's awful. I can't stand trying to watch a Fiend match with it. I thought we were past that stage, too. But here we go again with the red light, so... I don't know what they're doing, but they're they're really hurting the Fiend's character as a whole. I think that was a one-time thing. I really do. It had better. That's what we all thought at Hell in a Cell. Look where we are now, Travis. Fair yeah. enough, but I I don't know. The way this story is playing out, I feel like there is still more to it that we haven't quite figured out yet. No, no more. I've been said Broadway <laughs> all five. This is longer than church. No, oh, no more. Bus. I don't want any more. Sorry. I believe the story it. is done. Do not put a question mark where God puts a period. Sorry, I did. Even Randy closed that book last night. He said he had them behind him now. It was over. I wish he was right. Like, he, he's not. He's not right. Like, I, I mean, know. even we. Because maybe what if it wasn't the fiend? <laughs> we have proven. Oh, stop it. <laughs> there were pictures. There, that's. That's too smart for this booking right now. Great. The booking was cool as hell, and there was an opportunity for that. But after the Firefly Funhouse last night, I, I, yeah, no, that that ship has sailed. Yeah, he he is. He 
The Fiend is back. It's it's Chubby Wubby Bray. Uh, it's Chubby Wubby Bray with all his friends. At least he got a better mask. And essentially, fair, but essentially this looks like it's going to be Bray after the breakup. We're going to party. We're going to load up. Oh. Hey. Witches, Witches be wild. Dang it, McCarthy. I was going to say that. Can <laughs> you... <laughs> uh, Look, can you imagine if this was a more, if if you took this story and it was a more adult product, the kind of stuff we'd be seeing? Put this in the attitude era, folks, and guess what? She's levitating on top of him. I'm not wrong. No, you're not. I'm not wrong. God. And there Vince is in a willy chair, just <laughs> damn pal. <laughs> So, Mr. McCarthy, what do you think of this gray, gray booking decision? And um, when's it going to end? Never. Because Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton like working together. It's never going to end. The booking I don't care is it, what Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt like. I don't care if they take turns shaking each other's hand. I, Jeez. <laughs> Said hand. I don't either. Just say it. I said hand. The third one. Um, All righty. AJ Styles and Omos defeated the New Day to become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Omos, the big ninja, is now the big champion. Yeah, this Omos just came in there and just... Basically squashed the New Day. This this was a throwback back to when Strowman teamed up with Nicholas. I mean, I don't want to put AJ in the same sentence as Nicholas, but, man, it sure felt like it there for a while because Omos just came in and took care of business, and that was all she wrote. This was a squash of the New Day that I'd, I was wondering how they were going to book it, and I, I thought they would at least get something in on Omos, but, wow, he just came in and just took care of business, and that's all she wrote for this one. Mr. McCarthy. I now want Omos to refer to AJ Styles as Nicholas. No. No. AJ Styles deserves better than that. He's the best in the damn world. Mr. McCarthy, um, save your Omega comments for later. What do you think of the new Raw Tag Team Champions? Um, I dig it. Like, I mean, I predicted the New Day to win, but I'm not upset that AJ and Omos won. It was a pretty dominant performance from omos and i almost wish like they wouldn't have saved his like first real match for wrestlemania because he's you can tell he's still a little green he's got some work to do he does a really good job being the giant dominant force that he was at wrestlemania but there were a few things there where it was like yeah maybe another match or two someone could have seen what he was doing wrong and i mean house shows could have helped with that too which they can't have right now so i'm not really trying to bag on almost but at wrestlemania like you really don't want to have someone showing that the greenness about them and you know he was the the big ninja and he was probably on you know raw underground there for a minute but as far as actual ring time he probably doesn't have that very very much and it didn't show a lot but there were points if you were paying attention that it showed like logan you talked about it in one of our chats like he didn't straight like he I, i forget i think it was kofi he gave him the backbreaker and then it looked like he was about to stretch him 
over his knee, but it didn't really work out that way. Yep. And those are the things that I'm kind of talking about. Those little slight missteps that if you're not paying attention, you're not going to see it. But guys like us, we pay attention to that stuff. Um, yeah, I have an obsession. It's called professional wrestling, and I, I'm, I need help. Um, Travis Gnarly Napper, before I rip him off shreds here. Oh, good. Uh, um, what did you think of this, this match? Well, that was good. Um, I was kind of with Ryan on this one. I didn't know how they were going to book it, and it was kind of back and forth. I I imagined he was going to – I nothing they did with almost surprised me. I figured he was just going to be a big guy that just destroyed everything in his path, and that was the end of it. That's exactly what we got. Um, but I'm excited to see where this goes from here. Um because at some point, they're going to probably break these two up. I can't imagine this is going to be that long of a partnership. God, I hope not. <laughs> but, yeah, like Jason said, you know, he, he had a couple moments. I didn't think he did terrible. I don't think he, he was that bad. Just a couple moments where he's got to figure out, you know, how to wrestle with guys that are smaller than him. Um, it's unfortunate, like Jason said, that he didn't get opportunities leading up to this that they really wanted to make it a surprise to see what he can do in the ring. They gave us that little teaser the Monday before, but it's like it really wasn't that much. Um, and all it really showed is, hey, he can lift Kofi really, really high. And that was it. I, I really do wish he would have got, especially for your first WrestleMania match, make him do a couple matches just to get something under his belt. So he, he looks his best, because I don't think he looked his best, or as much as he thinks he probably did could. I would I would hope that he doesn't think that was his best, because that's his best he needs to quit. Um, look, I thought it was the right booking decision. I understand we're trying to establish Omos as a force. But he went in there and he had a squash match with 11-time tag team champions and a former WWE champion. Where do we go from here? I understand we got to make him a force. I get that. I, I, I respect that. Cool. But they are 11-time tag team champions, and and they sold their ass off for you. And we're, we're squashing. That's not on Omos. That's on Vince and, and whoever makes that level of decision. Richard, there's something to wrestle with. Um, it, it, they're 11-time champs. So who's going to be the tag team that can beat these guys? The Viking Raiders? They have a little more legitimacy than the New Day? Huh? Also, uh, yeah, learn to stretch is what I said. And then, by the way, I, I meant that in two ways. Number one, I was talking about that, that, that maneuver. Number two, you are seven foot three, you mother lover. Uh... Reach over the rope. See, that's what I thought you were talking about was him, like, because he, he didn't. He did not even just, remotely just, try just, to like, reach for the tag. Like, I didn't know he had the back of Hulk Hogan because that, that's the only reason he couldn't be stretching. What? What is when going on? When he did on? that, that's when I started to turn on him. I don't care if it's like, well, he's not supposed to tag him now. Well, then don't make it so obvious. Thanks. Jesus. He was He didn't have the tag rope. What? It wouldn't have been a legal tag regardless. Uh, I agree. He's got long arms. How did he not have the tag rope and still be able to reach? The guy can reach. AJ Styles the didn't. There. He doesn't have monster arms. 
I am just... It's it's a little things that really piss me off because this is he's got potential, I guess, to be the next great Kali, perhaps. I don't know. But it's a stretch. Just the little and if Bad Bunny can outperform you, you have a problem. That was Bad Bunny's first match too. Get in the training center. Your debt we're stuck in Florida because we're in the middle of a pandemic. See what I did there? Get in the training center. Work. I will say this is the one difficulty, though, you compare it to Bad Bunny, but at the same time, it is still difficult because you're asking a guy that's huge to try to work around guys that are much smaller than him, and it just sometimes never, it doesn't, it has to be a right I, chemistry, I respect, and it doesn't work out that well. I respect that, but when you can't get something respectable out of the new day, it's probably on you. Kofi Kingston could go work with a broomstick. And he and he tried. He damn well tried. All right. Braun Strowman defeated Shane McMahon in, in the steel cage match. This had one of those classic Shane bumps uh, at the top of the cage there, and he did a flipping somersault like midair to make it happen. Uh, by the way, Shane, the fact that he can do that in midair at like 51 still is incredible. God bless him for that. I don't know. Linda must have been a hell of an athlete back in the day because he didn't get that from Vince. Because Vince has got two left feet out there. Uh, Mr. He can barely stand on quads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone slide in the ring. Ha, ah, pal. Um, uh, what'd you think of the steel cage match, Mr. King of the Hill? This match exceeded my expectations, but I'm not surprised because Shane McMahon always puts on a show at WrestleMania. You know you're going to get the spot. There was one little thing that I was disappointed in. I wasn't really disappointed. It was in the beginning when they attacked Braun with the chairs and then Shane got in the ring. I was hoping that when he would call for the belt and just turn around and walk out and be like, I told you you were stupid, and that's how he would get over on Braun because Braun would have been able to keep face there. I was waiting for it. I was like, this is Shane's perfect moment, and then he didn't do it. But outside of that, I thought this was a really great match, and that would have just been funny to happen, but I, I appreciate the whole match that we got, and the Shane bump was phenomenal again. I don't know how many more years we're going to get out of it, but I'm going to enjoy it every time we do. Absolutely. I, I thought this was the uh, kind of that dark horse match of the night from night one. They both did surpass my expectations. The ripping of the steel was kind of cool. You watched all the belts fly, uh, the, the, the bolts fly off. Uh, and so... While we thought, and, and still not the most like magical bump that we've ever seen Shane take, but we thought the steel cage would really limit them, and they honestly surpassed that expectation. So, so as always, kind of proud of Shane McMahon. I wish they put that jersey out on every shop because I'd buy the hell out of it. Uh, it looked pretty sweet. Uh, Brains versus Braun in the back there. Um, obviously, that looks like it's over. There was no mention of Shane Hardy last night, um, so don't know why we even booked it, but okay. Uh, doesn't make that's, that's because now Shane McMahon is the Undertaker, right? He does, yeah, he's in that same breath. Um, it, uh, look, I, I can nitpick it to death if I wanted to, but overall, they made chicken salad out of chicken shiatsu. Um, I, I, I like it. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, any thoughts on the steel cage match? Uh, it was interesting. I guess to say the least, like 
it was better than I anticipated, but not by a whole lot. There's, I thought they were very confined by the cage match. I think they could have done better with any other type of stipulation, to be honest. But, you know, ripping the cage was a very nice way to showcase Braun's strength again in a different way. Because, I mean, those things are riveted into place. Rivets aren't exactly easy for Joe Schmo to rip off. Because, like you said, Logan, they popped off and went flying. So I thought that was a really nice way to do it. And, yeah, Shane still being able to do that bump at 51-52 is quite impressive. But at the same time, we've seen so much more from Shane McMahon that – the match wasn't terrible, but it was all kind of a letdown. Well, I think it depends on the expectations you had. I didn't have any high, high, like, I, I this surpassed my very, very low bar. When I say low bar, I mean, like, cord on the floor I stepped over. Uh, and so this surpassed that very, very low bar. And so I'm pretty pleased with it because I had such low expectations. I was like, oh, God, this is going to suck. And it didn't suck. It, it did not. It was not the red light district. So... Uh, I I will I will take it. I'll take I'll take even more of that, based on what we had. Um, yeah, it's, we'll see how many more crazy bumps we get out of Shane McMahon. We'll see when we see Shane McMahon again. Um, I don't know why it has always been a conundrum of mine as to why he even does this. He's the son of a billionaire, who is is trying to turn himself into Mick Foley, Terry Funk, and Tommy Dreamer, based on the fact that he just can. Uh, it really is odd to me, but I, I enjoy it all the time. Still cool he can do coast-to-coast because there's not many wrestlers that can. And we'll see how much more we get out of Shane. I don't I don't know where he fits in in the future, but I don't. he didn't fit in here, and they shoehorned him. So I guess if Vince decides, hey, get on the card there, pal, whatever. Uh, Napper, any, any thoughts on this steel cage match before we move on? I had... I'm muted. I had the same expectations as you. Pretty low. Um, I, I didn't think it was that bad of a match. I thought it was pretty good. Um, like you guys said, the ripping of the steel cage, that was impressive. I was not expecting that. So that was a pretty cool. I f- kind of felt bad for Shane for a minute, though, because he had his hand like in yeah. the. Th- I thought he was going to rip his like arm out of socket or something. He's like he's gonna, pulling like, at it like. I thought they were going to somehow like rip him through the cage. Like I thought the cage would kind of come like obviously worked away. That'd have been pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I got kind of worried there for Shane for a second. I was like, okay, I guess we're going to break Shane's wrist today. Yeah. Uh, no, we're just going to break his back because he's going to be 51 years old and fall off the top of a cage. Yeah, Sweet. No, I mean, it was pretty good, though. I enjoyed it. Well, he hasn't worked a match since the premiere of uh, SmackDown on Fox. You know, he did that He did that match where he lost and got fired. Yeah. So maybe Vince is like, look, you're, you're not. We might see you next year. We might see you the year after. So take a big bump, pal. You'll have time to heal. Um. I don't know. Want daddy's approval? Jump off that steel cage. Uh, there's, there's a lot. Uh, Steve, Steve said Bad Bunny grabbed the tag rope. He did. Let's talk about Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, Damian Priest defeated Miz and Morrison. Uh, I'm going to start this one out. Bad Bunny impressed me. Bad Bunny looked like he knew what he was doing. 
But this idea that this is the greatest celebrity performance or outside performance that WWE's ever witnessed is not true because I have one name for you, Pat McAfee. Thanks. Uh, for some, does that not count because he was in NXT? Like, it, like, no, Pat McAfee went out and worked a, close to a classic with Adam Cole. And so if you think, if you think Bad Bunny did better than Pat McAfee, you must be booking the Meltzer way. Um, I, I, I just don't see that, but it, it surpasses expectations, and I'm, but I'm glad that this is over. I'm, I'm glad because obviously they did the next night. They had uh, tri- Triple H and all his Motorhead gear, which is really connecting with Bad Bunny's audience, I'm sure. Uh, you know, since you write him off TV and you're going back on tour, right? Uh, that was that was really weird, by the way. Um, uh, like, why is Triple H doing that? But. Uh, I again, you could nitpick it to death, but for what it was, it was better than Snooky. Uh, we'll, we'll take that. Um, I'll start with you, McCarthy. Any thoughts on uh, Mr. Bunny and Priest getting the dub? Uh, the right team got went over, and we all kind of saw it coming because you knew you weren't going to have a celebrity like that lose. Um, and he, I was impressed. It showed that he took it seriously appreciates and respects the business and he worked really hard out there to go do a good match and that's all we can ask for of celebrities i think we got pat mcafee showed and bad bunny has now shown that you have to get the right celebrity it's not always ideal to have celebrities involved in these spots because in theory someone else that's a professional wrestler on the road all the time or all the always at the performance center, you could argue that they should have been in that spot. But if we're going to get celebrities that put in this type of effort, I don't think we're going to complain as much as we were leading up to this and leading up to Pat McAfee, because the biggest issue with all celebrities they've ever done, except for the pandemic era is they don't take the product seriously or they don't watch the product. They have no idea what's going on and they think it's a joke. And Bad Bunny proved that at least he doesn't treat wrestling as a joke. He respects it. And it showed in the effort that he put in. Uh, Mr. King of the Hill, I know that you you were the resident a real poo-pooer on this one. Flat-out diarrhea. I mean, you needed pet go with as much poo-pooing as you were doing. So what do you think? Did it surpass your expectations? Lay it on me. Look, we all know how much I've hated on Bad Bunny since day one since he showed up in here. That, that's no secret. I've been the biggest hater of him on this show. But this guy flat out, he impressed me. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to sing his praises. Bad Bunny came out there and he put on a show. I appreciate. And it all started with that promo, the Raw Before Mania. That promo on the Raw Before Mania really showed, like, this guy means business. He's taken this seriously. He's been in there. You can tell he's been training. He's given it everything he's got. And at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for. Am I upset, you know, that he had to come after The Miz? Yes, because I'm a big Miz fan. But at the end of the day, Bad Bunny came in and he gave it everything he had. And he shows his respect for the business. And I, I give him all the credit in the world. He put on a show and it, it impressed me. It surpassed my expectations for all this. So, But I am glad that it's over with. I'm glad the Bad Bunny's going off on tour now. I thought that that was a nice touch for them to advertise that his his tour is coming up. I thought that was good at WWE with everything he did for them to go out there and show him respect too. 
by letting everybody know that he's going on tour. So kudos to him. I, I'm, I'm impressed with him, and I wish him well on his tour. Yes, uh, 2022 Bad Bunny be heading on tour. Check out his website for dates. I don't know why I plugged it like he's sponsoring us. Um, but sure. Uh, Mr. Napper, thoughts on this match? Exceeded my expectations heavily. Um, and like you guys have said, props to Bad Bunny. He did something that we've not seen very many celebrities do. Took the product seriously, like like Jason said, and put on a pretty incredible performance for celebrity standpoint. Like, and I, <laughs> I, I, if I'm his recording label, I had to be a little bit nervous. <laughs> Gotta give the guy credit. Walk into a match and go, hey, you wanna do a Canadian Destroyer? Yeah, let's do it. He, he won my respect after that. After I saw that, I was like, yep, yep, he did it. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Applaud. I mean, hell, he I know most of that was Morrison, but still, you decided that you were going to say, yeah, let's do this. I'm ready. Uh, I mean, think about it. The way he just showed up the whole AEW roster with that move right there. That's, I mean, that's really pretty impressive. Uh, shoot. Uh, just, just really good stuff. Oh, McCarthy, hi. Didn't see you there. Um, hi, buddy. Uh, we'll get to AEW. Don't worry. That. Now, that was facetious and egregious, sir. Wow. He used both. Doesn't fit my narrative. All right. Bianca Belair defeated Sasha Banks to capture the SmackDown Women's Championship. Again, I'll start here because it's something I'd like to say. When they announced this match was the main event of night one, I was I poo-pooed all over it like Ryan did Bad Bunny. I hated it. I loathed it. The story itself was not worthy of it. Come at me. Uh, it, it wasn't. It was not worthy of it. the story itself. You can tweet at me at Loganity. I know we're trying to shoehorn history. I get it. But it needs to be worthy of it with the story and the product. And it wasn't. With that being said, those women went out there and they delivered. They delivered a, a match worthy of a WrestleMania main event, and they have to be commended for that. And that was badass, and it surpassed my expectations. And that hair whip was nuts. Uh, like I can still hear it. They, me too. I, I thought they piped Crazy. it in for a second. I was like, what is that, man? I, I went back and watched it uh, yesterday, and I was like, whoa. Just, uh, look. I don't think it was the story was worthy of the main event spot, but they went out there and they earned that main event spot and they kicked some serious ass and we did see history and they proved they were worthy of it. And so God bless them for that. I still don't like you, Sasha Banks, but you went out there and you kicked serious ass. They both did. And the right girl won. And unfortunately for Sasha, she's now 0-6 at WrestleMania. If you saw that stat line, uh, Mister, Mister King of the Hill, what'd you think of this match? Yeah, this I was with you. I was poo pooing on it as well when I heard that it was going to be the main event of night one. But these two ladies went out there and they stole the show. They absolutely did, and they earned they earned the main event role once the match started. And I wasn't doubting one bit that these two could put on a match, put on a hell of a match like they did. I was just not happy with the booking that led up to everything. I think it took too long to figure out who was going to play the heel in this. We kind of felt like it needed to be Sasha, and it was. 
But overall, the match itself was great. That hair whoop was something. I was like, holy crap, that was loud. Like, I thought they piped it in as well. And then the welt on Sasha just from that hair whip was crazy to say. But then Bianca's strength was shown there, too. And she, like, fucking just carried um, uh, Sasha straight up into the ring and then launched her right in there. I, I mean, I was really impressed with the strength of Bianca. We saw her. I think she carried Otis a few weeks, a month back when she was feuding with Bailey. So she's pound for pound one of the strongest women in the on the roster. So they earned they earned that spot. It was one hell of a match. I was impressed, and I do agree the right woman went over here. Blue collar working man, uh, Mr. Napper. Thoughts on this matchup? So I will again go with the rest of the room. I definitely crapped on the idea that this was going to be a main event because like you guys said the story leading up to it was crap it was ridiculous for months they fought over reginald reginald who has nothing to do with the story anymore is now off with naya doing god knows what you haven't even been with naya lately well, that's, that's true i haven't even been him. but i getting off track I was in the same boat. I did not think this was going to live up to a Mania match just because of the storyline. And I was incredibly wrong. Incredibly. I said that uh, Bobby and Drew made it, or uh, the Roman and Daniel and Edge may have been the second best match. This was the best match by far. They put on a wrestling clinic for women's wrestling. I w- I've been hard on women's wrestling in WWE for a couple weeks now because of what AEW has been putting together with their women they finally got it right again in WWE because they put on this match and it was incredible that, like you guys said that whip was that hurt me even just listening to it was like wow I thought my ears popped for a second that was so loud uh, and then, like Ryan said, I, I thought her carrying Sasha up the stairs, I was like, that's legit. That is so cool. Because you don't really see that very much. Like, you don't, even with the guys, you don't see that kind of strength where they just carry them around the ring, up the steps, and into the ring, and she just threw her in there. You don't see, I mean, the one guy you really saw that the most with was kind of Big Show, and that's about it. But you don't see that, especially with the women, so... Absolute props to Bianca Belair. I do think the right woman went over. It ended in a good way with a bad story. So they turned, like you say, chicken chicken shiitake into chicken salad. They turned it into a very nice chicken salad. I, I, I agree with you. What say you, Mr. McCarthy? So, like, even though the story leading up to it sucked, it's still, for lack of a better term, the world title. Yes, they have four world titles, but it had just as much as a variety of any other world championship to main event one of the nights. So that didn't bother me one bit because I knew the second I saw that they were main eventing, I knew how much better that match was going to be. Because whether you like Sasha Banks or not, you cannot deny her body of work, especially when she gets put in that type of spot. So I knew this match was about to be legit. And it was by far the, not by far, but it was the best match of the weekend. And as we've all said, that hair whip was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, so myself, 
went like this. I can still hear it. Jason, as you all know, does not like pro wrestling, and he reacted to it when I showed him, and the people on my team at work all reacted to it and bent over in pain from that spot. So, like, that's going to be the memorable part of the entire weekend is that whip. And that right there, somebody tell me again that wrestling's fake. Because I'm going to argue some more. Because I like to argue about that fact because it's most certainly not. While it may be predetermined, their lives are on the line. And sometimes they really do hit each other, as the finish of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair showed us. Well, you know, you're preaching to the choir right here, brother. No one gets more fired up about that that debate than me. Um, uh, my doctor is very concerned about my blood pressure because of it. All right. Uh, Sheamus becomes the, the new United States champion, pardon me. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Napper, what say you? You, you? you know, you called this pretty dumb when it got booked. Are you happy now? You're muted, buddy. I thought it was a good match. Uh, I still wasn't a big fan of it just because it kind of felt like Sheamus got pushed to the wayside. I get it. He wins a title, so technically he's not. He's still in the mix. And as we've seen with the United States title, usually when you get that, you're potentially on a fast track to a good title shot. Um, I don't know. I, I just... They same thing with kind of the Bianca and the Sasha thing. I didn't enjoy the story, but the match made up for it. And in this case, the match made up for it. It was a really good match. Kind of to me got lost in the shuffle a little bit, at least in my in my sense. Um, I wouldn't say it was one of the better matches on the card, but I won't say that it was bad either. It was just it was kind of there. I didn't really care that much for it. But I was pleased with the result. So we'll see what they do with Sheamus. He wasn't on Raw last night, so that's kind of interesting. And Riddle was. So it just depends where they go with this. That's all I really care about. What about you, McCarthy? What are your thoughts? I thought the match was pretty damn good as far as, like, really no build whatsoever. And But those two just went out and beat the hell out of each other. They honestly wrestled each other like they've known each other for years, which you don't get to see a lot of when people have never really interacted in the ring before. They had instant chemistry, and, you know, I'm hard on the character of Matt Riddle, both his wrestling character and moral character. But as far as in-ring work goes, damn. Damn, and he's he's not afraid to take it either, and because th- that was a nice finish too. That brogue kick to an upside down back flipping Matt Riddle was pretty pretty original and pretty legit. So I was I was happy with the result, but like Travis, I'm like, okay, so why is Sheamus not on Raw? And it did kind of get lost in the shuffle. Like I know there was a rain delay night one, but why do we have the Intercontinental and U.S. title defended on the same night? I didn't know. No clue. I actually forgot that even happened. Yeah, it was. It all happened on Sunday. They should have split nights. Hmm. Well, that's a. I never thought about that, uh, Mister Hill. You know what say you, Seamus, new U.S. champ? 
Yeah, I I thought it was one hell of a match as well as McCarthy said. I mean, these two went out there and beat the hell out of each other, and I love that ending with that bro kick as Riddle did the backflip off the rope. So I thought that was brutal, and then he got the busted open lip. So I mean, we got two bumps right there with Bianca's hair whip and then the bro kick to Riddle. So I thought three. I thought it was nice to see. Yeah, there was three if you include Shane too. So yeah, there was multiple bumps and. I thought it was good. It was nice to see Sheamus finally, you know, get rewarded for the great work he's been putting on over the past six months to a year now through this pandemic. So this was a nice reward for him. I'm curious to see what they're doing with Riddle because both of his losses to Sheamus, they did come clean. And each time he looked a little annoyed and like he was going to get aggressive. So are we leaning towards a heel turn with Riddle? I'm intrigued to see where that heads with him. I was surprised as well not to see Sheamus on Raw, so I hope that, you know, they did give him the title, but I hope that title doesn't mean anything to Sheamus. We'll see what takes place. All right, Apollo Crews defeating Big E in a Nigerian drum fight to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you on this one. What would you think? Yeah, I thought it was good for what it was worth. It, it, it was... It was a little hardcore of a match. I was surprised they both jumped out and grabbed the kendo sticks to start off. But, I mean, it was nice touch, and I, I enjoyed it. I was surprised there for a second. I thought Big E was actually going to go over until the whatever you want to call him jumped in the ring. I know his name from the underground, but, man, drawing a blank with him too. But he jumped in there and saved the day. So Apollo needed this win, and I hope this skyrockets Big E. It was, what, Dabo Kato or something like that was his name on underground? And I don't know now. why the hell they act like they didn't know that. Uh, or yeah. never seen that guy before. He was on. He was on Raw Underground a lot, and uh, it really pissed me off. But go ahead. But yeah, I, I thought Apollo needed that win to get solidify his role here in the new character he's got going. And I'm intrigued to see where they take him. And I hope that this does shoot Big E to the top of the card now to challenge with Roman because I don't think he loses any face with the defeat the way he did lose. So here's to hoping Big E gets shot to the top now. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, what are your thoughts? New Intercontinental Champion. So th- this match, although it wasn't the top two matches of the weekend, this was easily three or four. And it may have very well been because we had no idea what a Nigerian drum match was, what it was supposed to be, what was going to happen. So I think where we didn't have super low expectations like we did with Braun and Shane, it wasn't like, oh, this match is going to steal the show kind of thought when it was booked. Now, those two went out and had the best match they have ever had together on Sunday night. And more importantly, Apollo Crews showed some life and some fire out there. He is into this character 100%. Those kendo stick shots, when he had Big E on the mat and he's just going ham like 17 times in quick succession where he broke the kendo sticks, like that, we've never seen anything like that out of Apollo Crews. I think this is a whole career Rasana. A career turnaround, since I can't say the word right now. Renaissance. For thanks, buddy, for Apollo Cruz, and and from all in, all the reports that I've seen, Vince feels the same way, and that means a lot 
in that company. If Vince has changed his thought process on you, the sky's the limit. And good for him because he's got a character with some bite to it that he enjoys doing that could take him to bigger things. And I think after a while, Big E's going to be that world champion, like I said earlier. I do not disagree with a word you said, which is pretty damn rare. Mr. Napper, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Have more of those. Yeah. I was muted again. I don't know what a Nigerian drum match is, but I like it. I said it twice. Uh, I thought it was. I did. I I agree with Jason. I agree with Ryan. I thought it was a pretty good. Actually, no. I'll take that back. I thought it was a really good match. Um, and I was kind of surprised in a good way. I didn't think we were gonna get this much of a blood feud type of match out of these two and that's exactly what we got we got a straight up blood feud and these two wanted to kill each other it seemed like and they damn near almost did it was a great match um and like jason said it was nice to and i've been saying this about apollo for the last couple weeks finally we get some actual emotion out of Apollo Crews. I really think, I agree. I think he does enjoy this character. I know people probably were crapping on it. I was, I, I was probably one of those people that was crapping on it at the very beginning because he just seemed so corny. But he's given an edge to it. And I really want to see where he can go with this. Um, it is kind of interesting that they added Dabakato into the mix. I think that's a good touch because then it kind of takes some of the pressure to have all the charisma off of him and someone to put some on Dabo. Um, so I, I kind of like that dynamic. It's it's going to work out, I think, in the long run because Apollo still, I don't think, can do that entirely by himself. So it's nice that they're going to try to pair him up with somebody. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, definitely exceeded my expectations. Uh, I got to agree. Uh, my only complaint, truly, was the fact that they acted like they didn't know who Dabakato yeah, was. Yeah, I agree. I, I believe thought, his name would be like Commander Aziz now or yeah. whatever it is. We'll they did that last night, too, and it, it's... Or, well, they didn't really do it last night, but I I have a complaint with Raw that's kind of similar to that. Uh, um, but this could be for Apollo Crews. We just saw the guy uh, going to the Hall of Fame that went through his fair share of changes, Kane. Uh, if you remember, Dr. Dennis Isaac Yankum. So maybe this is that moment for Apollo where, guess what, the first several runs didn't really pan out. But maybe we're on path, and I, I know it's a huge if, but maybe we're on path to a Hall of Fame career because there's something different about this character. You can see he's into it, and if he's into it and Vince is into it, look out. He's Kofi in reverse. Look out. Kofi lost his accent. He gained one. Well, it took a decade to get to him, but by God, it's happening. Uh, look, I, I, I'm very impressed. We'll see what happens. All right. Rhea Ripley defeated Asuka to capture the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, I'm going to start with you on this one. Thoughts? I thought the match was all right. Um, I'll be honest. Like They don't have chemistry right now. Agreed. The match was by no means, you know, like as one might say, a fart in church. But I expected more just because of the caliber of Rhea Ripley and Asuka and their careers. 
Now, did they both put in as much effort as as they could? Of course they did. You could see it. But there's no chemistry there. And it was shown again last night, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, that, yes, the match was good. The right person went over. Rhea Ripley needed that title because they weren't really doing anything with Asuka at this point anyway. But the chemistry is not there for them right now. And that's a shame because they're two of the best women on the roster. Yeah, they are a bit of a round peg square hole. Uh, do you want to make a make a quick comment here? Hey, hey, Lindy Harley, thank you for watching. We do appreciate it. Hope you hope you are doing well. Uh, yeah, I, there's not a whole lot of chemistry here. The right person's going over, but it's just a. It, there's nothing. It doesn't have any bite to it. There's nothing special about it. Uh, Ryan, what say you on this one? Yeah, I'm with you guys. This match was kind of a dud for me, and I was it was really of a letdown because I had so much expectations going into this one. I was really excited for this one, even though the build was short-lived getting up to there because it was rushed with everything going on with Charlotte. I was still more intrigued with going into this one than I was the Bianca and Sasha, and at come WrestleMania, the roles flipped for me. Bianca and Sasha showed out, and these two, as we talked about, there was no chemistry, and again, it showed on Raw with the mess of a match that we had there and we'll get to that like you guys said later but i'm just happy at the end of the day rhea ripley went over and won the title because oscar was just lost in the mix and we saw her never defending the title she was too busy being thrown into uh tag team title matches that we didn't need her in so we needed her defending the raw title so now hopefully this will spotlight the raw women's title and we'll go on from there what say you mr nolan apper You're muted, buddy. I gotta get better at that. <laughs> um, I had to agree with the guys. I didn't think it was the be-all, end-all match. I think they could definitely do better. I think maybe this is one of those matches where the moment maybe got the best of them because I mean it is the first time that they've had fans in a very, very long time. And you saw the emotion on a Rhea Ripley. There's pictures of it on, of her on the stage. Like she was emotional, and maybe that was the Maybe that was a part of it, and maybe they just got a little bit too overzealous to kind of put on a great match instead of just kind of letting it come to them. Maybe, at least in Rhea's case, I'm not sure. But, again, I don't think it was a bad match. It's just we saw better matches with worse builds than this that stole the show. I kind of expected more out of both these women that – like Jason said, are high-caliber stars. So it, it wasn't bad, but that's my thoughts. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Sam, Sami Zayn. Of course, Zayn's special guest was Logan Paul. Uh, I'll start here quickly. I thought this match was very good, but the problem is they set the sta- those two have set the standard on one another, and I didn't think this met that standard with each other. I thought this was good, but I didn't think it was great. I thought... I was hoping that he would jump off the pirate ship or something. I thought this match would have a big moment, and it never happened. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, and I'll take the question here. Do you think we get Sami Zayn versus Logan Paul in the future? I'm going to say yes, because if, if they only brought him in for that, complete waste of money on WWE's part, to be quite honest. I'm not saying that's what I want to see, but I'm saying Logan Paul is obviously a pretty big name for some notorious reasons as we've gone into on this show. If that's all you kind of got out of him, 
I, that's not a good return of investment. Start with you on this one, Napper. What do you think of this match? And do you think we get Logan Paul versus Sami Zayn at some point, say maybe SummerSlam? I thought the match was good. Um, same as you, um, we, we've seen a little bit better out of these guys. So I, I kind of hoped that maybe this match would have had a stipulation. I think as much as that gets overdone sometimes at WrestleMania, I think that probably would have helped these guys to have a little bit more of a stipulation benefiting Sami Zayn but still giving an opportunity for them to do some of that kind of over-the-top, you know, jumping off a pirate ship type of stuff. It was just weird because there wasn't a lot of that at WrestleMania, period. Like, we didn't see a lot of things that happened outside of the ring. Like, they didn't really go anywhere. They didn't, you know, try to jump off anything really that crazy. And if there was ever going to be a match that I thought that would happen, it was going to be this match. But we di- we didn't get that. So I don't know if they were just trying to be safe for COVID's sake and not really try to go anywhere or, you know, get anywhere too close to the fans. I'm not sure. Um, but I was a little bit underwhelmed with this one. I can totally see the Logan Paul thing happening. Totally. I would just think that if I'm if I'm a if I'm Vince if I'm a businessman, I go. I need a little bit more than just you shoved him and you took a stunner. Let's come on back and do something down the line. I will give Logan Paul credit. He took the stunner and he tried to sell it. He oversold it even. Yeah, but at least he really did try. And so I, I will applaud that. He made a better effort than I thought he would, given his reputation. And I and I I I'll give. Two, we had two celebrities really on the card, and guess what? They both, they both tried. They both made an effort. Bad Bunny, of course, really impressed. And I, Logan Paul, for the limited thing that he did, he tried to sell that stunner like a ton of bricks, and I can appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan, what say you? Do we get Logan Paul versus Sami Zayn? What do you think of this match? I thought the match was a really good match. I mean, these two are not going to put on a bad match. They got chemistry like none other. But as you guys mentioned, we saw better matches out of the two that set the bar a little too high for them, like Battleground was mentioned at Mania. So, I mean, I think that the bar was set high. I wish that there was a stipulation as well. So I don't know if the fans being there did kind of restrict what WWE wanted to do possibly with these guys. But overall, I mean, these two put on a hell of a show with each other. Like I said, they're not going to put on a bad match. They're always going to impress. As for the Logan Paul we're probably going to get the match. Not that I want to see it, but I, I'm sure we'll probably lead into that. And we might even get it sooner than you think. It could even be WrestleMania backlash just to get it out of the way, but we'll soon find out when that happens. Uh, we shall see. We'll get a better answer on that Friday, I would imagine. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on this match? And again, same question. Do we get Logan Paul in a WWE ring against Sami Zayn in the future? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to put in the type of effort that they've gotten out of celebrities in this past eight, nine months. Not saying he didn't give effort to try to sell the stunner, um, but he took it wrong. Like, it looked way more devastating than it should have. And as great as the stunner is, I will attest, it's one of the easiest moves to take properly. You're not doing much. You're dropping to your knees and following a person down. It's it's 
not much. And he did it wrong. And they've they, they've set a standard with celebrities now that I don't know if you can have him in a match. Because is he going to show, like Logan said, is he going to show the dedication that Bad Bunny and Pat McAfee did? Probably not. Um, a shout out to Jesse the Buckeye for sending out a tweet saying that that was for the forest incident. So good stuff, Jesse. That was awesome. And I think this one, I don't know if it's a prelude to something else. And they have had better matches work right weight wise than this one. Not that it was bad, like we all agree on, but this one was a little bit more story driven than we see between Sammy and Kevin in ring because Kevin's heart really wasn't into it, so to speak, leading up to it. And even during the match, he's trying to save Sammy Zane from himself. It's not like blood feud time right now. It's I'm trying to get my friend back and you don't go all out, try to kill each other in that type of a story. And I think that's why where we all expected something amazing we got close to perfect but it was different from what we've seen from them and i think that's where the disconnect came from us hardcore guys that know them for their work rate fair fair enough fair enough all right lastly for the mania card finally (gasps) cesaro defeated seth rollins uh mccarthy you are the resident cesaro mark around here so i gotta start with you Oh, this match was great. I was glued to the TV. Not that I really wasn't during all of WrestleMania weekend, but this really cemented, if anybody wasn't aware, how powerful the WWE universe, wrestling fans as a whole, want to see Cesaro succeed. And he showed 100% Saturday night that he can hang with the quote-unquote top guys in the company. We already knew he could, but this was one hell of a matchup. That UFO thing was legit. Never seen anything like that. What the hell? And yes, sometimes the swing and that can come off a little bit goofy, but it also shows off his personality, which is really important in pro wrestling. And as long as we can keep the goofy to a minimum because only a few guys can pull off the all the time goofy the new day is a fine example big e isn't goofy all the time there's a time and a place for it and i think that's where cesaro needs to be but we all know he can go and i think this is his chance to finally start climbing up the ladder i think it's big e's time first As much as I love Cesaro, it's Big E's time first. There is no reason why beating Seth Rollins should hop Cesaro over Big E. But it showed right there with fans in attendance how popular and how quickly the fans will get behind him with a title run. We will see what the future holds. Mr. Knapper, thoughts on this one? I thought it was a very good match. Um... Cesaro going over it, good decision. Um, it was kind of another, another one of those matches that for me just kind of fell kind of the wayside a little bit. But I thought for the way they kind of built up to it in the last couple of weeks, they did a good job. And hopefully, hopefully, this is just a sign of good things to come for Cesaro. So. Mm-hmm. 
Mr. King of the Hill, thoughts on Cesaro and Seth Rollins? Yeah, I thought this was a really great match. And that, like you guys said, or McCarthy said, that UFO swing was very impressive there. So there were some great spots in this match. I just really hope that this does propel Cesaro up because this was a much-needed moment for his career. Right now, at this point in time, he needed this, and Cesaro, and Seth Rollins put him over big time. So this was huge and ready to see Cesaro take that next step. All right, boys, before we officially put WrestleMania in the rear view, I want to know what you enjoyed most and what was your biggest complaint. Uh, Napper, I'll start with you on that one. Uh, what I enjoyed the most was probably the Bianca and Sasha match. What my biggest complaint is, not that many high spots, not that many really big moments that you're used to seeing at WrestleMania. There was a couple of good moments, like the you know, the hair whip with the Sasha and Bianca match, the concertos with the Daniel Edge and Roman match, but every other match, there wasn't really anything that kind of just took your breath away a little bit. There was the full, like, you know, the Hurt Locker with the Drew and Lashley match, but other than that, the, like, I, don't, I cannot think off the top of my head a lot of really big moments, and I don't think you usually get that with WrestleMania. You get a lot more big moments, so a little disappointed in that. Ryan, uh, same question. What did you enjoy most? What's your biggest complaint? Well, the two things I enjoyed the most, first and foremost, was having fans back in the stands. I enjoyed being able to hear an actual people's reaction. And as you can tell, the superstars fed off of that all night long, and they showed their respects to the fans being back. But my favorite match of the night, or the whole weekend, was the Roman versus Daniel and Edge match. I thought that one, in my opinion, was the best one. And it, it just had the best story going into it, the best lead-up to it and everything. And you really just didn't know where they were going to go with it, so... It kept me on the edge of my seat more so than the other ones. My biggest complaint was the fact that there wasn't really any swerve so much. Like, I was waiting for someone to come back and interrupt anything, whether it would have been Brock Lesnar come out and attack Drew or Bobby or even Becky show up and attack Rhea or Asuka, whoever would win that match or anything. I was hoping for at least some return to capitalize on the fans being there, and we just didn't get that. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, same question. Which, I mean, honestly, this is going to be a bit of a cop-out, but what I enjoyed the most was the whole thing. To me, it felt like, aside from Vince McMahon coming out and thanking the fans, because that was professional as hell, and we got to see the real Vince McMahon, which we never get to see. But overall, WrestleMania, for me, was almost like a back-to-basics approach. It was go, guys, go out there and work. Just go out and work. The fans are here. Go out and work. I felt that the entire weekend, there was not a terrible match on the card. Were there some better than others? Of course, there always are. But there wasn't a match that we could, any of us, consider terrible. Even the gauntlet match they had wasn't terrible. And so it was, I enjoyed the back-to-basics approach that we got to WrestleMania. It, it was a nostalgic feeling for me. It was the older WrestleManias. There was pomp. There was circumstance. But nobody did too much. They just went out there and they worked. And I love to see that. 
We know it's sports entertainment as far as WWE is concerned, and that's always going to be that way. But to go back to basics and just go out there and work is refreshing for me, which is why Raw was such a letdown. But anyway, biggest complaint, I would say there were way too many quick camera cuts. Way too many. Like, what are you doing? Uh, Who's yeah, running I the truck? I don't know. Like, this I feel is like getting maybe, egregious. I feel like Kevin Dunn has lost his touch a little bit. Lately, we've complained about that. I don't know if he's really into quick camera cuts these days. Because say what you want about Kevin Dunn, but usually he's a very good producer, has been for decades. I don't know if he's lost his touch or what. But, yeah, the camera cuts. All right, I'll, I'll take my own question. What did I enjoy most? Just the fans being back, to be quite frank. It had such a incredible feeling, and you did notice the difference. I don't know necessarily why they booed the hell out of my boy Hulkster on night two and not night one. Anybody notice that? That was weird. Night one, he got a little bit booed. Night two, he got eight alive. Uh, it was it was odd. Uh, maybe it was just more out-of-towners uh, on night two. My biggest complaint was it didn't feel like WrestleMania. Say what you want uh, about this show, and it was great, but it was great for every show that's not WrestleMania. It felt like every big four that's not WrestleMania. It felt like a damn good show, but there was no magic moments. The biggest thing we will talk about in the history when we think about this WrestleMania is going to be Vince coming out and giving that speech. What a moment that was. That was incredible. And the hair whip. Those are the two things. Because we've seen Shane go off of everything. Uh, and we've seen, uh, you know, we, we knew that Kevin Owens wanted to go off the pirate ship last year. And so, there was no, everything was great. But nothing was like, we just changed history. And I think the reason that's frustrating is because they had two nights. And they had fans. And honest to God, they did not do a bad product for Peacock. Uh, but they, they, in my opinion, and I never hardly say this, but they shafted as far as what, seeing something special to those 50,000 they had in attendance. The fact that you didn't get a Lesnar. This is the first people, the first time with fans in a year and a half, and you know that some people spent far too much money to come because you thought this was going to be the big kind of relaunch show. The fact that you didn't get a Lesnar, a Taker, a Goldberg, a John Cena, I know he's the one with the big movie schedule and whatever. Uh, damn it, John, get out of Canada. Um, but the fact that there was nothing magical that you said, wow. Like, like WrestleMania 32, you saw Stone Cold Shawn Michaels Mick Foley get down there and pretty much have a full-fledged match with the League of Nations, to be quite honest. It didn't happen officially, but they went out there and worked a while. Uh, we saw The Rock at 32. We, we see so many countless people in cameos and backstage. We had, you know, The Undertaker's thought to be retirement at 33. We had his return at 34. We had Ronda Rousey. We had 35 with Batista and what was his last match. We had 36 where, say what you want about it, but Firefly Funhouse and Boneyard match really changed the course of history as far as WWE goes in cinematic matches. There's nothing at 37 you're going to go... Holy crap, that really is something we're going to talk about forever outside of the intro and outside of the hair whip. And that's a shame because you had fans. Like the fact that I thought the perfect way to use The Undertaker without even teasing one more match or anything like that is when Kane came out and did his entrance, have The Undertaker pop up real quick and just tip his cap. You know, do it in full-fledged character even. Just a quick, hey, you know, have him in the ring or whatever. And you can still say, I saw The Undertaker. Or if you wanted to tease Lesnar, like there were fans in the stands and you gave them nothing 
that special. You gave them a very good show. The problem is you had more special moments during the year that had nobody, in my opinion. So that's my biggest complaint. Was it a very good show? Absolutely. I would take this every single month, except for WrestleMania, where I've been conditioned to believe that this is where they go all out. It felt like the best effort for a B-plus show. It felt like the best effort for any show that's not WrestleMania, where nothing changed the course. Nothing where we went, holy crap. The biggest surprise of the night, or the two nights, was The Fiend. And unfortunately, we've all, we've all kind of poo-pooed on that story. I just, I think, and I don't mean this in a, in a braggadocious way, but I think history's going to go back and prove that in a weird way, and I don't mean this for my sake or like who, who gives a damn what Logan Morris thinks, but I think history's going to show that I was right in terms of you do kind of need part-timers because without them, it lacked a certain special feeling. It lacked a certain breath of this is WrestleMania, this is different. This felt like a very, very good show for any card not WrestleMania. They all kicked ass, they all worked their ass off, but we saw nothing where you went <gasps> breathtaking. When your big return is the Bellas, you missed. Um, that's that's the truth uh, on that. And I, and I thought this was a great show. I did. The problem is it didn't feel like WrestleMania. I don't think, and I, and I think the biggest reason is those part-timers that I clamor for, that everybody says, well, God, they, they're not needed. Turns out, in the right role, just their presence makes a hell of a difference in the feel of the show. Because what you all just talked about, None of those big moments. Who provides those big moments? Say what you want about should they win, should they lose. We can, But who provides those moments where you go, holy crap, it's so-and-so. That's all I'm saying. No one out of this crew makes you go, holy crap, it's so-and-so. Except maybe Roman. All right. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's first, let's take a breather and let's talk about the fact that, hey, Check out Heel Turn Wrestling. Check out all the shows on this fine Facebook page. Check out Big Stevie C Heel and Turn he, <laughs> Heel and Face podcast each and every Sunday. He's an analytical son of a bit of skiing bulldog. I am not. So be sure to check that out and check out all the other fine content on Heel Turn Wrestling. And check out their Pro Wrestling Tea store on Pro Wrestling Tees. All you got to do is go to Pro Wrestling Tees, type in Heel Turn Wrestling. It's right there. Go check it out. Buy a shirt. By God, why not? All right, let's try to fly through some standard delivery because there's still a lot to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> Kyle O'Reilly defeated Adam Cole. Uh, Mr. King of the Hill, you're an Adam Cole guy. Let me Lay your thoughts on this marathon match. Yeah, this was one hell of a match. These two literally took it, took everything they had and threw it at each other. This match definitely stood and definitely delivered. And at the end of the day, I love Adam Cole, but I truly believe that Kyle O'Reilly was the right one to go over here. That possibly could have been Adam Cole's send-off. I'm hoping that he shows up this Friday night on SmackDown and we, he's done with NXT as much as he's had a great career there. But overall, this was one hell of a match that probably could have even stole the whole weekend of WrestleMania. You just might have. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, your thoughts on this unsanctioned match? So I think the match overall was great. But I think it was too one-sided for as long as it was. Because let's face it, Kyle O'Reilly took everything that Adam Cole had. But when you really break it down, Adam Cole beat the living crap out of Kyle O'Reilly. 
Kyle O'Reilly might have had 10, 15 minutes of offense during that 45-minute marathon that they had. So I think the match could have been even better if it wouldn't have been so one-sided. Were there sweet spots? Of course there were. They went through the stage. Adam Cole kicked the drywall to drag Kyle O'Reilly out of the drywall. The finish was legit. The spots were good. The match overall was good. But I think Adam Cole literally destroying Kyle O'Reilly, making him like semi-Mick Foley to the Undertakers in the Hell in a Cell, was kind of egregious to Kyle O'Reilly. Like, this is a dude that's a legit MMA fighter. But Adam Cole, baby, as much as I love Adam Cole, destroys you for a half an hour? It just, it, it, it broke the... It broke the fourth wall, if you will, for me. It took me out of the story when Kyle O'Reilly should have been beaten so many times. And they went on for another 10, 15 minutes. And then Kyle O'Reilly won. Did the right guy go over? Yeah, of course he did. Kyle O'Reilly had to win that match. But Adam Cole had way too much offense and gave way too much punishment to Kyle O'Reilly for as long as it was for Kyle O'Reilly to come out on top like he did. There's only one match, maybe two, that I can think of to go that long that I, I'm interested in the whole time, even when I go back and look at it. Uh, I can enjoy that match for one time only, but the length of that match is going to hurt it in being a classic because it's hard to sit down and watch that and go, God, I'm not, I'm worn out. You know, that's, I still feel that way about WrestleMania 25, Taker and Sean. Every time I watch that match, I have to go do something else afterwards. I can't sit where I got to go take a drink, take a walk, do something. It, it, it's a little too long. This is a little bit too long. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, Mr. Napper? So I'm actually in the boat with Ryan. I thought this actually was the match of the weekend. Um, it's kind of for the reasons that we talked to or that you talked about with WrestleMania as a whole. There were a lot of moments in this match where you got that holy crap, what the heck just happened moment. And there were so many good spots and so many good opportunities. I can understand where Jason's coming from with you know it being so one-sided, but I felt like that made it even more interesting, at least for me, because it was so one-sided, because that was the story they were trying to tell, that... Adam Cole was just that damn good that he's going to beat the crap out of Kyle O'Reilly and probably should have beat him. But that was to get the resilience of Kyle O'Reilly over tenfold. And I feel like they did that incredibly because he probably should have. He probably did kill him, at least in storyline, and probably should have beat him a couple times. But it's that old story that we've seen countless, countless times the baby face just doesn't give up. And in this case, the baby face didn't give up and finally won the match. So I, I didn't think it took that much away from the match itself. I can understand it maybe made it a little bit tough to watch, but I felt I didn't feel like it was that big of a deal in the grand scheme of it. And it's still made for an incredible match that I do believe was the match of the weekend. Fair, what say you, Logan? It's too long, not too long. Let us know in the comments or let us know uh, in the comments throughout the week as you listen to this podcast. Karrion Cross defeated Finn Balor to become the new NXT champion. Uh, the era of Cross continues again. It should have never ended, as we all know. 
Uh, God, am I thrilled. Uh, you don't sound thrilled, Napper. What say you? YouTube. You did again. Uh, I was sad that it ended in the first place. That's that's the only reason I said that that way. Is just because I, I wish it didn't have to end the first time. Well, hopefully this time we can write it. Any thoughts on this match? You want to share your words to the other boys? <laughs> no. Uh, the only thing I'll really just say is that I thought this could have been a the match of stand and deliver if not for some of the bigger spots that happened in the Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Adam Cole match. But still, I mean, this... I thought this was going to be a short match because we've seen that out across a couple times. But I'm glad that it was drawn out and they actually let these two guys go to work. So, Ryan, what say you? Carrying Cross, NXT champion. Yeah, I think that he definitely deserves the title. And barring that injury, I mean, we would have never saw this reign end. This might have been the moment it did. But, I mean, I'm glad that he's back on top. I mean, he's an unstoppable force again on NXT. Who's going to step up and take that challenge for him? That's where we're at with everybody on the main roster. Who takes the next step to challenge them? Right now, I don't know anybody on that roster that can do it just yet that's on the level that we book Cross up to. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes back into the... I mean, yeah, I'm just intrigued <laughs> to Mr. see where McCarthy, it goes. Mr. McCarthy, what say you, Karrion Cross, champ again? I thought the match was great, and it, the right guy went over. As much as I hated to see Finn Balor's reign end, because this is the he, he says it all the time, this is the best Finn Balor we've ever seen. But to right the wrong, not that like I mean he got hurt, injuries happen, but Karrion Cross had to win this match. He didn't get his title run that he'd earned, and so I think the right guy went over. And <clears throat> I don't know who may take him on next. Finn Balor more than likely would get a rematch. We'll probably see Tommaso Ciampa go against him. But, yeah, everything clicked for me in this match. Look, if we don't at some point get Volta versus Karrion Cross, we are missing... That was the match the of the weekend. We are missing the boat. So, uh, that's... That's what we got to get. Matter of fact, it should Walter happen. Walter and Ciampa. Matter of fact, it should happen in NXT UK uh, takeover that they, they announced. going to be in May. Uh, that's that's when I think that should happen. I don't care who wins. I just want to watch it. Uh, <clears throat> Johnny Gargano defeated Bronson Reed after Bronson Reed won the, the gauntlet and eliminator match. I was very surprised by that. It seemed like LA Knight was the guy to go with, but they really uh, seemed to... To think highly of the resident thick boy. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Johnny Gargano still champion. Uh, did the right guy win as far as Bronson Weed winning the Gauntlet Eliminator? I'm shocked that Gargano's still a champion first and foremost. I, foremost, I mean, he's fantastic in the ring and he really did a good, great job at carrying this match with Bronson Reed, but I didn't think Bronson Reed should have went over in the gauntlet. I thought it should have been L.A. Knight or even Dexter Loomis. I thought one of those two was a for sure fire pick to win the match and go on to face him, and I think that kind of took a little bit out of it for me because I was so looking forward to seeing L.A. Knight or um, Dexter Loomis going out of it that I wasn't invested as much into Bronson Reed. So Overall, I mean, it was a, a nice, fun match. And like I said, Gargano did what he always does. They call him Johnny Takeover for a reason, and he, he put on another great performance here. So 
I'm just shocked that he is still champion coming out of this. Big Mac McCarthy, what are your thoughts? I thought the match was pretty good for who was in it. Uh, Bronson Reed, by far, that was the best match he's ever had because of who he shared the ring with and Johnny Gargano. I'm with you guys. I don't think it should have been Bronson Reed to win the gauntlet. It's because that kind of told us what was going to happen the next night. Yeah, I, I Bronson didn't, Reed I didn't was not going to beat Johnny Gargano. Again. We could have thought that like L.A. Knight or someone else we we would have had that little inkling that yeah maybe Johnny Gargano is about to lose the North American Championship, but not Bronson Reed. He came out of nowhere in the Gauntlet match. They haven't been doing much with him. I think we kind of already knew. Oh okay, well Johnny's going to have a good match, but he's walking out the champion. We'll see what the future holds. All right, Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart <laughs> defeated. Wait a minute, uh, Amber, you got any thoughts you want to share on that before I before I move it along? I was so rude. Um, just that I was surprised as everybody else was, that Bronson Reed went over in the gauntlet match. I think if you were going to have him go over in the gauntlet match, you should have had him go over on Johnny. Because I I think he is a little undervalued. I do think he is a an important member on NXT. I would have given the opportunity probably to Dexter or LA Knight, like Ryan said. But if you're going to give the opportunity to Bronson Reed, let's go ahead and put a title on him just once and see what happens because I do think he's got a special it factor that they haven't quite tapped into yet they just haven't really given it seems like every time they look like they're about to give him that ball and roll with it they take it back just a little bit too soon We'll see. Uh, you know, maybe that begins tonight as NXT moves to Tuesdays Alright, Ember Moon and Chachi Blackheart defeated the way to retain their tag titles McCarthy, what are your thoughts? I thought this was a really good match, too. I like their Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart's um, entrance, but I don't think the right team went over this time. I, I think they should have given it to Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. They needed another win. It would have done a lot for the way to have the North American Championship and the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Now, I know Ember Moon and Shotzi just got it, but that didn't change anything from before when they want it to begin with from Dakota Takai and Raquel Gonzalez. So I was really expecting the way to walk out with the championship because to this day, Candice LeRae still does not hold a championship in NXT and that's damn near criminal. She's one of the best people on the roster, men and women. She's one of the best workers they have. She's really come into that character, too. So hopefully she'll get something down the line where she's finally holding a championship. I can't disagree with you, McCarthy, especially when you consider part of this whole uh, the our, the all heart, no soul way of the Garganos that we started uh, about six months ago was about them taking over NXT. And, and partially some of that would be getting her some gold. We'll see if that takes place. What about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts? You know, I, I'm with McCarthy completely right here that I thought it was a really good match, but I thought the way really needed this win more so than Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. I thought that, you know, they haven't really been – they build them up because the way is a group, and I build them, they build them up really well, but every time they get in a match, they don't ever come out on top. So I felt like this really hurts the credibility of them, and it's like if they're not going to win now, when are they ever going to get that win? And it just makes them not believable as a team right now. So I don't know when they're going to pull the plug on the way, but I thought this was the best chance for them to do so, and they did not do it. 
We shall see where it all takes place. Again, NXT moves to Tuesdays tonight, about one hour from now, 8 p.m. USA Network. Again, they're not sponsoring us, but I just plugged it like I did. Um, Santos Escobar defeated Jordan Devlin to become the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Championship. It was a ladder match. Uh, Mr. Napper, thoughts on this one? I was very impressed with this match. I was a little bit concerned at certain points it was going to get to be a little too flippy. As we like to say a lot on this show, that certain things do get a little flippy. This, however, I do not think was the case. I thought this was a very good physical match that had some pretty good physical high spots, or, you know, flippy high spots and physical high spots. Um, A lot of ladders broken in this one. (laughs) So... Very, very cool match. I thought they did the, you know, joined title match very well. I know I gave it a lot of crap leading up to it, especially when they had Sean involved, but they did good. I was very impressed with this match. Uh, Yeah, Vince is going to have to send Jamie Noble or somebody to the Home Depot to restock up on the ladders. (laughs) Uh, They're really going to have to to be running up a bill. Yeah. what what say you, Ryan? What'd you, what'd you think of this match? Yeah, this was a really good match. Fun match between Devlin and Escobar here. I think Escobar really, he, he needed the win after him and his group got destroyed by Karen Cross a few weeks back. So, I mean, this was huge for him and established that he is the top of the Cruiserweight division. And a nice moment up there after the match with him celebrating with his son on the stage. So, uh, How about you, Mr. McCarthy? Thoughts on this ladder match? I thought it was a really well done ladder match. Nothing was overdone. They didn't use the ladder. It was a match around a ladder instead of a ladder f- around a match. If you guys get what I'm saying, like it, it was a wrestling match with a ladder involved instead of the other that we sometimes get with ladder matches where it's nothing but ladder spot, ladder spot, ladder spot. And the match is secondary. I thought they did a great job, and I was surprised that Santos Escobar kept his title and continues his reign of terror over the NXT Cruiserweight division. Uh, do want to make a quick note and apologize. Uh, Christopher Brown, I'm just now seeing your comments. For whatever reason, when I, well, when I was last looking at the feed, no comments were loading up for me. So I apologize for ignoring your comments. Uh, wasn't intentional, my friend, if you're still watching. Uh, my bad, brother, but I see him now. All right, uh, just for the sake of time, Killian Day and Drake Maverick defeated Brazongo. They, they're going to get a shot at the tag titles. We'll see where that, that leads. All right, let's take just a second now and breathe here, and uh, why don't we play that, um, that little merch teaser? You know, we saw, we saw uh, McCarthy light up that merch last week. Let's go ahead and play that sucker. How about it, huh? Hey there, Bruiser Nation. Raise those anchors and get ready to wear the official merch of Bruiser Nation Productions. Visit BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com and show the world your love of the Bruiser Nation as you go about your day in style. We have Bruise Cruise Podcast and to the turnbuckle tees, hoodies, jackets, shoes, bags, and even pillows. You heard that right. Pillows. That's BruiserNationProductions.KenCustom.com once again, BruiserNationProductions.KinCustom.com. And remember, Bruiser Nation, stay good, because I'm always good. 
back to the turnbuckle presented by Bruiser Nation Productions right here on Heel Turn Wrestling. We are so proud to be uh, a part of both those great organizations. Of course, Bruiser Nation Productions ran by the man, the myth, the legend, the guy I can't stand, Jason McCarthy. What's up, minister? Um, and Heel Turn Wrestling, as always, thank you for allowing us the platform. And we, are, we are still as well on score on air, but again, just a disclaimer, just a disclaimer. We're all graduates, so if we say something that's a little out of turn... Don't uh, don't blame score. We we are uh, responsible for thyself. Fair. All right. Before we get to dynamite, I just want to get you guys quick thoughts on backlash is being rebranded. The next pay per view was announced Sunday night on WrestleMania Sunday. It's going to be WrestleMania backlash on May sixteenth. Uh, McCarthy, what do you think of backlash becoming known as WrestleMania backlash? I think it's pretty crappy. I mean, like, so what jabroni thought this was a good idea? It's been called Backlash all this time for a reason. It's a given that it's WrestleMania Backlash. Do you really have to double down on it? It's Backlash for a reason, because it deals with the aftermath of WrestleMania. You don't have to smack us in the face. We're not stupid. Even the casual fan isn't that stupid to not be able to put two and two together where, oh, Backlash, oh, this must have some some issues from WrestleMania to resolve. No. Really? If anything, this is the stuff. I hate it when they do this stuff. Just because casual. it makes us all look stupid. <laughs> anything, they're smarter than we are because they're casuals and we're not. Uh, and, during, and during the time of year we're about to embark on, beginning with next Monday's Raw, it gets a little tough to be more than a casual. But we will do it. We will do it gladly. Another year, boys. We're going to mount up because we're, it all begins again now. WrestleMania has come and gone. Uh, Napper, what are your thoughts on Backlash becoming WrestleMania Backlash? And are you ready for another year of fun field sports entertainment? Hell. One word. No. No. You're not ready? No. no. Why? Why? Apparently, they do think we're stupid. Granted, I'm not the smartest person in the room, probably. Stupid! I'm going to use Braun, Braun Strowman's favorite word. Stupid, 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 stupid. Oh, it's Randy Wharton's favorite word, too. Stupid! And apparently, shame of man's. And Yeah, apparently. I don't get it. Why are we doing it, really? We're going back to giving pay-per-views taglines and funky, like, is... United Champions is going to be Gold Rush again. Are we really doing that all over again? I don't. Why? Like, I don't like the tagline thing, but the fact that the official pay per view name is not. Yeah. It's not like Backlash. It's not like WrestleMania Backlash. Like that's not the tagline. The actual title of the pay per view right. is WrestleMania Backlash. I'll tell you why I don't like it. It cheapens the WrestleMania brand. I don't want anything that's not WrestleMania called WrestleMania. I don't care. Like no, you. Putting that name on it makes it sound bigger than it actually is. When the reality is it's probably going to be a big old popcorn fart. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I don't understand why we just can't call it Backlash. It's the first pay-per-view after Mania. Like, no crap, Sherlock Holmes. It's going to deal with WrestleMania and have some backlash from WrestleMania. Wow. Stunner. See, we just figured that out all on our own. Well, they didn't, they didn't do it last year. Back, backlash wasn't the direct follow-up. Money in the Bank was. But then they had Backlash, which featured 
the greatest wrestling match ever, Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, but I, it's been backlash for a long time. I can still hear Joey Styles screaming backlash during his infamous shoot, I quit promo. Um, yeah. I'm not good enough to call backlash. Uh, thank you to Lucky Stars, Joey. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't get it. How about you, Ryan? Any thoughts on Backlash being rebranded as WrestleMania Backlash taking place May 16th on Peacock? Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with all of you. I think it's absolutely a stupid idea here. I was hoping that I misread that over the weekend when I heard that it was going to be WrestleMania Backlash. I'm like, please just tell me I misheard that, that it's not actually going to be called that. But here we are. It's happening, and it's idiotic. They're trying to use a ploy here to get more fans tuned in, but I, I, it, the normal fans are who's going to tune into this, and that's what's going to happen, unless it's just going to be a bunch of spinoffs from Mania where we're going to have the same matches again that we just saw. So we're already leading that way with one of them booked. We'll in, get to that later. In which we could just call it payback, where they at least said payback was related to the payback from WrestleMania. Hey, oh, I'll pop. Um, okay, let's talk a little dynamite. McCarthy, the inner circle's back in black. Blood and Guts is going to take place May 5th on a Wednesday, not the pay-per-view. Why? You, then you can't have proper blood and guts everywhere, unless, unless it's not a self-respecting network, in which case, hey, okay. So uh, let, let me stop you right there. Thoughts? It was always scheduled to be on a Wednesday night. Was it? Even a, even even a year ago, it was going to be on Dynamite. Was it? I'm an idiot. I apologize. It was. Well, still That's okay. TNT. We all make mistakes. Uh, uh, that, I still think it'd be better as a pay-per-view because then you can have the proper blood and guts every which way. I mean... On paper, you can just do so much more as far as what you are allowed to get away with. Uh, what are your thoughts on this this uh, rebranding of the inner circle? They showed up in big muscle cars. Jericho's got a beard going. Lay it on me. I like it. I like everything about this. Okay. This is the face turn I was waiting for after MJF joined the inner circle. It was one of Jericho's best overall promos, period. Not just in AEW, but there was fire with those words. It was it was everything that we all expect from a Chris Jericho promo. Little bit of nonsense mixed in with some seriousness, which only works for certain guys, as we've talked about before. But I love it. I I can't wait for blood and guts. Um, my only complaint is I already took that week off work. Can you put tickets on sale, please? Like, please. Are you going to go? As long as the tickets go on sale. Oh, yeah. That's why I took that week off work. Uh, I've already worked it out to where I'm taking Jason to school Monday and Tuesday, making him dinner Tuesday, and I'm driving to Jacksonville. As long as tickets go on sale, I've checked every day. Every day, AEW. On Daily's Place website and AEW website, they're nowhere to be found. Just give And they can have full capacity like the week before. Give it a little time. Calm oh, no. down, no, buddy. I'm patient, Logan. I want to buy my tickets now. Look, I want to ride my bicycle, and I'd like a sandwich. Hey, Veruca Salt, calm down. Anybody that gets that reference, I love them. Uh, I'm just going to move it along. Uh, Mike Tyson <laughs> saved Chris Jericho from a beatdown from the pinnacle. Uh, I thought they were having problems, and then 
Mike Tyson comes out, and hey, they're all cool now. Uh, so what do you think of Mike Tyson saving Jericho? Is he going to get involved in Blood and Guts? Please say no. No, actually, tomorrow night he's going to be in the the enforcer between Cash Harwood and Chris Jericho. Um, Mike Tyson came out to cement the face turn of Chris Jericho because in that promo – he apologized for himself and the inner circle and all the dastardly deeds that they've done for these past two years. Everybody. Mike Tyson coming out and helping Chris Jericho cements that he meant it and people believe what he said. So it was just kind of a way to cement that face turn. Um, Great booking by AEW there. I know, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was. Um, the Young Bucks turn on John Moxley, and then they join Omega and the Good Brothers. Oh, the Bullet Club is back together. Somebody finger poke my doom. Uh, they're all back together. We've got the band here. Uh, do you? Do, does the non-McCarthys have anything to say on this one? It's about time. Like what we've been waiting for this moment for how long? They teased it like they were going to be heel a long time ago and then totally ditched it. I mean, on one hand, it's about time. On the other hand, it's really not that special anymore. Like, okay, they turned on Moxley. And what now? Like, I don't I don't really see that much value in it anymore. I don't really know like what I'm supposed to be enamored for with this anymore because it's just like all right they turned here cool everybody knew it was going to happen at some point because they kept teasing it well i've got to let mccarthy respond to that mccarthy go ahead um actually travis you're 100 percent correct this turn should have been done two weeks ago like not even i cared you guys know how much of a mark i am for damn near everything aew i mean i'll call stuff out when it's necessary and this is one of those times why did we drag this out why were they so indecisive maybe if the storyline leading up to them getting the titles would have never happened maybe we could buy this but they were heel until they won the tag team titles why did it take so long to side with their best friend If their best friend comes out and says, I didn't join this company for the reason everybody thinks I did. I didn't join this company to get recognition for helping start a new company, whatever, because it was two weeks ago and I can't remember everything he said. He basically said, I joined this company because of you. If you don't stand with your friend after that, why'd you go back a week later? It shouldn't have taken this long. Well, okie dokie. Ryan, any thoughts on uh, the band getting back together finally? I'm in agreement with those guys. I mean, it. why did it take so long? We saw it coming, so when it actually did happen, it wasn't a surprise. I guess the really on, only surprise that we had was how reluctant Matt Jackson looked to actually turning on Moxley. I mean, I guess it's good storytelling right there, but... Are they really wanting to team up with him now? Are they still going to be watching their back? We'll see as it goes on. That's the only thing that really draws any, like, makes me intrigued more into the storyline. But outside that, this was coming a mile away. It was just a matter of when. 
We, we shall see. Sting tells Archer it's showtime to essentially show him that you are what you say you are. McCarthy, I got to ask you, are we beginning to see uh, the dissension between Jake Roberts and Lance Archer? Is Jake Roberts not long for this AEW world? Uh, I don't know. I, I think he'll still be around, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be teamed with Lance Archer because Sting kind of put him on the spot in that promo because that was a great promo by both Lance Archer and Sting. This is one of those promos that Sting has delivered at AEW that he's believing what he's saying. He's saying it and Lance Archer and Sting both said things that we've all said. How does Lance Archer always disappear? And he put Jake the Snake on the spot. What are you doing? Tell him how to get over and always be on television. If anybody knows that, it's Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes, he had his addiction issues. But when he didn't have those issues, he was always on TV. And in storyline, he should be able to impart that knowledge onto Lance Archer. So now Lance Archer is going to have some thoughts and decisions to make in the coming weeks after he, you know, destroys Sting because we still all deserve that match. Well, I I just hope they have a backup plan for Jake whenever he gets uh, moved here because I still enjoy seeing Jake Roberts. And as he again proved Wednesday, when he's not having to shout over somebody, he can still cut an effective promo. Don't believe me, when he called himself uh, a a crazy son of a you-know-what, I was like, yes, you are, Jake. Yes, you are. (laughs) So, again, don't have him shout over people with that raspy voice, and he can still cut an effective promo. I hope they've got a backup plan because his mental health needs it, his sobriety needs it, and I, as a fan, need it. That's right. I'm so selfish. I just put myself in the same breath as those two. Um, God, I'm awful. All right, Darby Allen defeated J.D. Drake for the TNT Championship uh, to retain it, I should say. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, I was thoroughly impressed with one J.D. Drake. This was uh, quite the matchup. Now, this is what I want to see the TNT champion do. Talk to me now. Dude, I'm with you 100%. J.D. Drake showed out in that match. Darby Allen always does. So that that's hardly ever a question. That's a longer conversation if he ever has ends up having a bad match. But one of my favorite spots from that match was when JD they were both on the outside and JD Drake threw him against the ropes and then instantly clotheslined him as he was rebounding back to him. That was legit. There's a big future ahead with JD Drake, man. I am really happy that he is with AEW. I don't think he'd get these kind of two opportunities maybe in nxt but definitely not on the main roster we should we shall see we shall see but yes absolutely i was impressed jd drake had a big coming out party hopefully that carries over into something at least for one of the three shows on AEW. uh napper did you get a chance to catch this one or not no all right brother just checking on you how about you ryan did you get a chance check this one I did not, but right, I you did guys hear just don't watch JD enough wrestling. That's fine. There's <laughs> too much. You guys just don't watch enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have, I have two. I have one word for you, boys: caffeine. To catch everything you ever need to catch, caffeine, uh, and DVR. Um, well, there's these wonderful caffeine. energy drinks. They're Sour Patch Kid Raspberry Energy Drinks. You guys should check those out. Yeah, it's made by a company called Ghost. They're amazing. Because to catch everything we had to catch this week, it took a lot of caffeine consumption. 
Frankly, I probably shouldn't be legally held responsible in the current shape of man. I need sleep. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you how I watched it all. I had AEW not AEW on one screen and stand and deliver on another. That's proud. and thanks Travis for taking over the stand and deliver tweeting for the tuned up to the turnbuckle Twitter page. Oh yeah, because that was getting to be a lot to try to tweet for both shows because I felt compelled to do it because I was watching them both. <laughs> that that's how I managed to watch all this stuff. And give us a follow at to the buckle on Twitter. Go ahead and give us that follow. You get live tweets from all of us, exclusive content, things of that nature. I'm I'm on there every Monday usually. Baseball season permitting. Uh, I was on there last night, though. Don't you worry. And and I'm I'm usually live tweeting along with every live WWE pay per view. And McCarthy does every Wednesday. You've been picking up the NXT. Ryan, what the hell are you doing for the Twitter page, Frosty King K? I don't know. Well, you, well, you can you can Smackdown well, you Friday. Can, well, you can follow Ryan Hill at Frosty King K, where he's going to send you confused tweets like I don't know. Uh, probably just all the emojis. <laughs> And shrugs. All right. QT Marshall sent a message to Cody Rhodes, and I loved it. I loved this. Inject it in tube of AIDS. QT Marshall drop some knowledge. McCarthy, tell me you loved it as much as I did. If not, we're done. Of course, dude, of course I loved every bit of that. It just seems so real. Like, it's... I've heard a lot of I've I've read a lot of people online. Oh, it didn't feel natural for QT Marshall to make bull. this promo. It like, felt bull so crap. It didn't. I watched three fourths of Dynamite again today while I was editing stuff. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. He was concise and he was to the point. One flat speech it to was... sell the fact. That he was sick and tired of being in Cody Rhodes' shadow. Sometimes the best promos are just nice and level. Jericho showed us that in 2008. Because you sit there and you listen when they're talking like that. And they're not going here to here to here to here. It was such an important promo for him. And they're just going to get better week after week. He didn't stumble over his words. I'm really excited to see, I forget his name, to see the dude from Britain get in the ring and start handing some people some ass kickings. Because he looks legit. Like, this is great. I love this turn of events. It's, it's, it was magical. Storyline-wise, story it fits everything. How now, we anyone... know real, we, we know it's pro wrestling. In real life, they're all best friends, and Cody Rhodes really isn't this way. But it's the best story for Cody right now because he doesn't want to turn heel. And we can respect that to a Whatever point, reason. but he should have. because. And now you're turning your friends against you by not taking that jump and doing everything you can to make them succeed because a face doesn't do that. A face doesn't normally use their name recognition to help get their friends over. That's a typically heel thing that you do. It's, it just doesn't fit a face's character. You're the, the conquering hero as the face, as the heel. It's all about you and your friends if need be. We're all going to get over, even if I'm going to get over the most, I'm bringing you guys with me because I need you. That's help. right, brother. Um, but that's basic wrestling 101. Uh, but this, where are we going, Jason? Where are we going? You said you're taking us with you to the top. 
This promo was everything you want, and if you didn't enjoy it, Loganites, if you thought like if you didn't think this sounded natural, I'm gonna give you one more chance. Go back and watch it again, and if you still feel that way, change the mother sucking channel and and take it off your DVR because you don't like professional wrestling. I'll give you one more chance because every now and again I've watched something and went, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. Uh, so I'll give you one more chance, Loganites, but you need to watch this. And QT Marshall, that could be, depending on how this goes, that could be his coming out party. That could be his coming out party because that felt as real as real gets. Uh, if you didn't enjoy that, check your engine, give it some gas. Something is wrong with you. And I don't mean diabetes. Oh. I mean a pulse. Uh, Jesus. That was, was one beautiful. of the reasons why I turned it back on this morning. It was, it was mad. Because I had read all this stuff about it being a terrible promo, and I'm like, that's not that's not how I remember it. Well, I didn't, and I was uh, watching Stand and Deliver at the same time. Yeah, and I'm it, like, am I was I just having wrestling overload and loving everything? It, so it, I had to go back and watch it again, and I was like, no. No, that was a great promo. If anyone thought this was a bad promo, I mean, it must be Braun Strowman on a message board because it's stupid. Uh, like, <laughs> no, this is that's just stupid, flat out. Uh, Britt Baker was interviewed earlier in the day with Tony Schiavone, and apparently she's going to run roughshod over the three shows. McCarthy, she's going to get that win count up. And by the way, you were talking about real promos. <laughs> she went, she hit me with a real promo. I went, yes, DMD, yes. Somebody tell her it don't mean squat. It's about drawing power. It's about who moves the needle, who gives a damn, who deserves it. McCarthy, lay it on me. What do you think? It's what we get every time Dr. Britt Baker gets on the microphone. I can't remember the last time she had a bad promo. This was perfect. Fit her character perfectly. Told everybody like it is. And basically said, kiss my ass. I'm taking over. So yeah, she's That's she's, why when she wins that title, it's going to be epic. So apparently she is she's going to just take over the whole th- she said she's going to she said watch Dynamite, watch Dark, watch Dark Elevation cuz you're going to be seeing a lot more of her because she's got to get that win total up according to Tony Khan even though it doesn't matter. Uh it was it was fantastic Britt Baker literally give her the phone book see if she can cut a good promo on that cuz I think she could. Yeah, cuz she gonna did tear Tony over. Khan down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like she's some like real she life. Is, she is in the same breath, I, and this is high praise. I'm about to toss her. She promo skills wise, she's she's as good as Flair was in his prime. Hogan and his, she's that good. She's just absolutely magically got it to where you could give them a phone book, and you know they could make Tim Clark in New Jersey as interesting as anything you've ever seen. You know it. She is that good on the mic. It's magical. Everyone else is is lagging behind her in promo skills. Even the great Becky Lynch has got nothing on Britt Baker DMD. Nothing. It's incredible. All right, Tay Conti defeated the Bunny. This was a little convoluted. Nice to continue for for Tay Conti to continue the coming out party. But I haven't had enough with the Bunny in AEW established for me to think, boy, she's a credible real threat. Uh, McCarthy, what are your thoughts? I think it was more of keeping Tay Conti busy until she gets her title shot against Takaru Shida. Like, it kind of fits because, like, the Dark Order's had issues with Matt Hardy's group, so it semi-furthered that story. But it's getting more ring time under Tay Conti's belt because she's great already. But if she can have, like, because this was a good match. Yeah, it was convoluted, but it was good. 
And for someone who doesn't wrestle very often in the bunny, it was really well done by both of them. And I think this is what this is about. Get more experience under Tay Conti so that when she hops up on the big stage with Hikaru Yoshida, it's not a culture shock. Because sometimes it is. Sometimes you can see it in their face when they get a huge opportunity like that because it just kind of happens. Like, Because they're not shoving Tay Conti down our throats. We all fell in love with her organically. Like, damn, she's good. We want to see more of her. But if they would throw her in a program with Sheeta tomorrow and them have a feud and then wrestle each other at double or nothing with nothing in between, I think it would be detrimental to take Conti. I don't know if she'd be as ready as she will be by taking on the bunny and all comers in the female division to get to that point. Like, and we've said it before wins and losses don't really matter in AEW, no matter how much they say they do, but she's in line for the title shot, but she needs to keep getting that experience to ensure she's ready for that spot. Question. She needs to turn the three AEW shows into her personal gym. And she's got to get reps, reps, reps. So she's ready for that big moment. She's got to get reps. Absolute dark elevation doesn't matter. A dynamite reps, 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 reps. And personally, I would be taking great advantage of the great coaches they have there. You know, you got Arn Anderson, you got Jerry Lynn, you got Dean Malenko. Granted, he is battling illness, but he's still available, uh, an available mind to help. Uh, there's such. I would just be like I said. I'd be living in a wrestling ring if I'm her, because if she does things properly, you can see that AEW believes in her way in the WWE didn't. They they can push her to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would essentially say. Uh, it is it is so close to being hers. I hope she's ready for it. All right, the kickoff match of Dynamite was Hangman Adam Page defeating Max Caster of the Acclaimed. Once again, I'll say it. I love the Acclaimed. They should just be the top tag team everywhere. I love them and everything they say and do. And they're just cool, damn it. They're just cool. McCarthy, thoughts on this one? Dude, I, I agree with you with the Acclaimed. They're amazing. They took that, that John Cena gimmick and made it their own. And that's what wrestling is. Like there's there's not a 100% original gimmick other than the fiend in the past 20 years. And even that's not that like it's got its roots in Kane and Undertaker and Mankind. It's like all four of them wrapped into one for lack of a better term. But and and that's you just make it your own. I mean wrestling's over 100 years old. There's not yeah. much that you can come up creatively that is going to be 100% never done before. Exactly. So, so I'm really so. proud of them for taking that gimmick that worked for John, making it their own and making it work for them to get them to where they are. And I'm impressed with Matt Caster too. There were a couple of uh, botches in this match and it did not affect Hangman Adam Page or Max Caster. And I know, I know you guys don't like everything they've done with Adam Page. But I'm telling you, after that match last week, do you guys remember the pop that Jericho got when he won the title? Except when when he beat Triple H on Raw, and later that night he had to give it back? Mm-hmm. That crowd went nuts. 
when Hangman Adam Page beats Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship, that's the pop he's going to get. I would hope so. It's only been two years. Um, but I do hope you're right. I do hope you're right. I fear that you're wrong is the problem. But we'll, we'll get into that discussion another time as there's so much to cover. Uh, frankly, folks, probably not getting the Monday Night Raw. Uh, let me go ahead and sum it up for you. It was an okay Raw if it wasn't the Raw After Mania. By Raw After Mania standards, it sucked. It absolutely sucked. Like there was Charlotte, cool, whatever. Viking Raiders, cool, whatever. We're doing Drew and Bobby again, great. With retribution, some reason. Look, when when Logan goes Charlotte, cool, whatever, you know something's wrong. It's the same promo. Because you love Charlotte more than any of us. Yeah, it's just because it's the same damn promo because it's like, it's like, it's what I told you. It's what I told you six weeks ago. I said, you can't try to be a baby face off of sending home Ric Flair. That's not how that works. I don't care how much you do it. I don't care how much of a fool. He's he's the drunken uncle that we just love because we don't have to live with him. You think that uncle's cool as hell because you don't live with him. So guess what? When on TV, since we don't live with the mother lover, you can't send him home and be a baby face. Finally, somebody woke up and created probably you, Bruce, and went, we tried to make her a baby face off of sending home Ric Flair. What the hell are we doing? I do think it was a good promo, though. It is, one, promo. It, it is but it's one of her, it's her better deliveries of that promo that I've heard in a long time. And she did hit on a couple spots that she doesn't usually normally touch on. She doesn't as often touch on the fans' opinions. That's fine. Here's where, here's where that promo, like, I... I like, it felt I, I more saw, real to me, I guess. I saw people lighten up this promo like it was magic, and here's where I'm like, but it wasn't because it it ticked around the two things that really mattered. Your fiancé got released, and you had COVID. Where were those two points in the promos? If you put those two points in that promo, you got a CM Punk pipe bomb. But since you left it out, you have a C+. I've heard the same damn thing. We get it. By the way, how does she bad... And this isn't her fault. This is creative. This creative goes here, badmouth your father in the first five minutes and go, but we got to be on WrestleMania for my family. He is the family. There was not any other flair before Ric Flair. The moment you badmouth Ric Flair, don't cut a family promo on lineage. Pick one. Either kiss his ass or get rid of him. One of the two. It's not how it works. And by the way, if you're mad at Flair... And they should do this anyway. Change the damn theme. God. That's what the problem. She's fine. She's Charlotte Flair. The problem is the promo is completely stupid because it's written by a bunch of soap opera writers who don't remember what they did six weeks ago. That's the problem. And apparently it doesn't get the Bruce. I would hope that if it got the Bruce revenge, somebody would have said, we're going to have you dig at Ric Flair and then two minutes later say, my family lineage means I deserve to be on Mania? Who writes this? It's stupid. It's pick one. Either you're still mad at Rick, in which case, fine. He was acting like a buffoon. Or my lineage says I got to be on Mania. No, because he is your lineage. Tell me about the Ric Flair family before Ric Flair. 
He's it. He's and the I mean, whole thing. So, so to further your point, wouldn't it be more I have to be on Starcade? Like yeah, I know but, he's been there for the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. It, but Ric Flair did not become a star in Vince McMahon's company. It, he didn't. His greatest WrestleMania moment is his retirement match because of the story. His actual greatest match is with Macho Men, but we all went, why the hell isn't it Hogan? Uh, it just doesn't. It makes no sense. Pick one. Either she's cool with Rick because she's healed again and he's the ultimate heel, and that makes sense. Or she's not cool with Rick, in which case, stop going, it's about my family. Are you Charlotte or are you Charlotte Flair? Pick one. Because six weeks ago, you said, go home, Dad, I'm trying to be Charlotte. Pick one. And that's not her fault at all. That's creative because you can't remember what you wrote six weeks ago. God. It sucks. Yeah, I love Charlotte Flair, and this promo was fine, except... Mention Andrade. Mention that even your fiance couldn't carry your boots. Mention the fact you had COVID. And that might have been your fault because where the hell are you going to get it? Just wondering. Just saying. All right, let's go stand and deliver. But yeah, Raw at, by Raw standards, was it an awful show? No. By Raw after Mania standards, it sucked. Don't waste your time. I'll talk about you next week. All right, Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai, of course, defeated Io Shirai, the genius of the sky. The era is over. Do you think she's coming up to the main roster? Please. How about you, Never. Yeah, I think she is. I think they would be kind of stupid not to do that. Um, I, it was a great match, though. Um, definitely worthy of a main event. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I, it was, I, I mean, it... it Great closure to the Wednesday Night War, if that makes sense. And I have to be honest, I, I'm I'm kind of eating some crow here because I didn't think that that was going to be an event, and I almost didn't think it should. Same kind of thing with the Bianca and uh, um, Bianca and Sasha match, but not not for the same reasons though. I just I didn't think with all the other high profile matches they had on the card that they would book this one as the main event. But they did a hell of a job by doing so because it was a really great match, really great moment. I love the pyro that they did in th- in the center. So that was that was really cool. I didn't expect that out of them given that they don't seem to love pyro in that building. But it, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. So it looks like every time they do pyro in that building, I'm like, man, Van Dam and Riddle would love it here. <laughs> <laughs> they would love it here. Uh, oh, bro. <laughs> Van Dam, Riddle, and Logan Paul walk into the Capitol Wrestling Center. What a story that would be. I'm just what telling ha- you. What happens next? I'm just telling you. If you just gave him about an hour, stuff's happening. Stuff's happening. He's already got the Van Dam raps. I'm telling you, I could not believe that. I was I like, wow. I was like, I no was like there's no way. I told Peyton, I said, there's no way he allowed them to do that. He did what Heyman taught him to do, which was just go for it. There's no way he went, Vince, can I promote my rolling papers? There is no way. None. <laughs> not with Vince's boomer ass. No. He literally went back to old school ECW and went, Heyman, because Heyman always said, 
Go for it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I guarantee you that's what he did. He went, what are they going to do, fire me? There's no way Rob went, hey, Vince, I'm going to bust out and roll the papers on your PG program. No way. They, would, they wouldn't even I... let Cheech and Chone say, like, rolling papers when they guest hosted. Like, yes, you got the you got the implication they were high, but it was all based on those lucky charms. Like, there's no way. None. God, that was great. All right, MSK is your new tag champs. What are your thoughts, Napper? I, always, I think we all saw this coming um, just because of the fact that they won the Dusty Cup, and unfortunately the championships had to be relinquished. I I can't say that I'm surprised. It was a good match. I, I thought a lot of the matches, uh, in fact, all of the matches on Stand and Deliver were very good, both night one and night two. But, yeah, this was a very good match. Didn't get too flippy. I know we would like to talk about that quite a bit. <laughs> um, but I, I think my question still remains is what becomes of the grizzled young veterans? You gotta say it properly. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I, I, I figured. Right. I, I figured. I had to say that properly. The grizzled young veterans. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't. I, do, I, I don't know. Truly, I don't. I, I don't have a clue. And that's are they different. are they not soon to be recognized as NXT's number one anymore? Yeah, I hope it's sooner than we think, because they're pretty badass. Uh, <clears throat> I. What about you? What say you, Mr. McCarthy? What about you, MSK, new champs? Dude, it was great to see it. It's some new blood, something different on NXT. And they've earned it, man. Ever since they showed up, they've kind of surprised us all. Like we've, we've seen some of their work, I'm sure, not as much as they would have probably liked us to. But we know how good they can be. So I'm glad they get the ball and get to run with it and see where they go. And that their promos have been good. Before and after winning the championship, I, I believe they have a at least a match tonight, if not a title match, but at least a tag team match tonight. So we'll see if they can keep it going. And we kind of needed that little bit of a change. Like, the Grizzled Young veterans can always get it back. They're established. This was about getting someone else up to that tier. And MSK, I think, was in a better position than anyone else to get on that next level. Ryan, what say you, MSK new champs? Yeah, I mean, I they this is well deserved by MSK. They've came back in in the Dusty Classic tournament as that surprise team, and they've just ran with it. They've delivered fantastic matches all throughout that tournament, and another great match here out of MSK. So I think this was well earned. As you guys said, it's nice to see fresh faces holding the tag titles, or just fresh faces holding any title in any of this anywhere in the company. So. They're a fun tag team to watch. I enjoy it every time they come out, and I'm sure if they had a live crowd besides what they have around there in the Capitol Wrestling Center that the fans would eat them up too. So this team's over big time in my opinion, and it's going to be nice to see where they take these take the NXT tag team division. Soon to be recognized. I love that. I love it. Uh, I have a typo in the rundown there I just noticed, but what that should be is Volta. Defeating Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK Championship. I know you're a Tommaso Ciampa guy, Napper, so I got to start out with you. What'd you think of this hard hitter? So, Jason said it earlier, and I 
I'm kind of fighting back and forth with it. This actually might have been the match of the weekend. It, 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 it very well. It's oh, a da- it's a neck and neck race, but man, this match was cool. So awesome to watch. And I, you know, I said it leading up to the match. If you haven't seen a match of Valtas, you're in for a treat. And we got that treat because this match was brutal. It was ass kicking. Oh, this was, yeah, you're right. This was an absolute ass kicking because they, they beat the crap out of each other and it was beautiful. In a word, physicality. Absolutely. If we don't someday get Brock Lesnar versus Walter in a fight pit, something is wrong. Nice. If you wouldn't pay to see that match, change the channel, X out the stream, cancel Peacock, to hell with New Japan World. If you got Impact Plus, shut it down too, because you don't know Jack. I'd actually like to just see Brock Lesnar versus pretty much anybody in a fight pit match. Absolutely, because then they would die. Then they would absolutely die. I mean, I'm not condoning that, but yeah, he's right. They Speaking would. Speaking of a man that has got to be not long for this world, given his age, Mr. McCarthy. Ouch. Uh, what do you think of this absolute ass kicker with Walter and Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK title? Tell me you thought it was magnificent. Of course I thought it was magnificent. I alluded to it earlier that it was the best match of the whole weekend, even though it happened on like Thursday. Um it was amazing how well they did. Like, we both know how good they are. But that was really, if you break it down, an ass-kicking built around a chop, for God's sakes. Like, the finish was a chop. That's all you need, brother. Yeah. He broke a table with his hand. Like, they, they put over the devastation that Walter can do with one hand in 15 minutes above and beyond what they've done the whole time he's he's been on the roster do we have we all known that he's a beast and a monster among men more so than braun Strowman? hell yes we have we don't know how boy good braun, he is. hey don't you know disrespect how, my boy braun like that what is that <laughs> what is that is egregious it's we done called this man stupid and now we're stealing gimmicks from it this is wild <laughs> <laughs> but like, because we all knew the ass kicker that he is, but we've never seen them put his chop on such a pedestal. It was put on a pedestal last night, or not last night, but Thursday, Wednesday, whatever. Wednesday. What day is today? Thanks, right? But yeah, they they that's like now on the level of like, I mean, I I damn near want to say the people's elbow. Maybe even the stunner in the rock bottom. Like, much that could be one of his finishers. That. It's much damn cooler than the people's elbow. It's the worst damn finisher of a major. It's Ouch. just awful. You and that's not even my rock hatred. It's just a stupid-ass finisher. That's your Boy, that drop leg drop was elbow. so much better. Oh, I know. Uh, that leg your, drop was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, move your damn elbow pad. You thing that's ever happened in all of wrestling history. I know, right? It, it's it's the momentum he gets when he goes back and forth between the ropes. He gets that momentum. He it makes lick, it powerful. He can lick my momentum. Um, I'll take a people's elbow any day of the week. What are you talking about, Ryan? Over the leg drop. <laughs> At least the leg drop is the entire weight of a fat steroided man coming down on you. 
The elbow is just that, the elbow. And it barely gets a piece of you. It's as awful as Shane's flying off the damn rope. They must have took classes together. So between that elbow and the Rock's poor sharpshooter, yeah, work it, brother. Yeah, his sharpshooter is terrible. Yeah, his sharpshooter's awful. Um, But uh, for the sake of time, Pete Dunne defeated Kushida. You got any thoughts on Walter and Tommaso Ciampa, Ryan, or... Were you busy yeah, watching I mean, Peacock clips of The Rock? <laughs> no, I wasn't. But that was a fantastic match that you guys all alluded to. I mean, Wouldn't this know. match could have easily been the match of the week. I'm still going to give it to Adam Cole and his match there with Kyle O'Reilly. But this one right there is right there with it. These two really tore the house down. In just a little bit of time, they got the 15 minutes. I mean, Walter destroyed that table with just the choppets alone. So, I mean... Absolutely, this could be his new finisher right here. Walter showed out. Tommaso Ciampa showed out. One, one hell of a match between these two. Wouldn't it have been better with the people's elbow? Well, not for Walter. Thank God. Are we going to call it the Ciampa Doom? We'll see stop what they it. come up with. Just, just stop it. We'll see what they come up with. Uh, for the sake of time, Pete Dunn. Uh, defeated Kushida, pretty solid match. Nothing wrong with two technical giants, but unfortunately, kind of overshadowed by the rest of this incredible card. Do you agree with that? It was, but it, I, I thought that was a good start to the show, though. Just because of, it was a good technical wrestling match. I feel you. So with that, for the last time, I'll say this. <clears throat> well, And I damn sure said this part very, very little. Uh, NXT won the final edition of the Wednesday Night Wars with 768,000 to AEW 668. AEW still did win the 18 to 49 demo with a 0.28 to NXT's 0.22. We will take a look at the ratings for the first few weeks of uh, you know Tuesday and Wednesday to see where they compare for both shows. But the Wednesday Night War has come to a halt. Thank Jesus. So with that. So with that, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a a final quick breather here. We're going to play a little teaser for the return of the red flag. And we come back. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Bruiser Nation Productions proudly brings to you its NASCAR podcast of the world with Loganity, Logan Morris, the King of the Hill, Ryan Hill, and the hottest wheels in podcasting, Travis Napper, the Red Flag Podcast.
next Monday, next Monday, next Monday, the red flag, the OG does return. Ryan King of the Hill is going to be the host of that sucker. Napper's going to be back. Hell, I'm going to be there. So the three of us are going to create even more chaos next Monday, 5 to 6, uh, after Richmond. And then we'll get you set for Talladega, all you NASCAR fans. And, of course, that is going to be presented by our fine friends at Bruiser Nation Productions. Who the hell is that guy? Hello. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, McCarthy, wave. What happened? Wave. Oh, hello. Look down here and wave. Play Brady Bunch, dang it. Look, look the down. Brady Bunch? Look yes. down. <laughs> there you go. Hi, hi. All right. So it's time, uh, again, because there was so much wrestling, to be quite honest with you, is why we didn't get to Raw. So and plus it was... Well, <laughs> to you, my friend. Not yet, not yet. Goodbye. All right. Not yet. So it's time for some final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Some final, final thoughts. Final, final, final thoughts. Hi, ho, the Mario's and final, final thoughts. Hey, hey, final, final thoughts. All right. Uh, so we've watched one hell of a week of wrestling. Uh, there's still two more days to go when you talk about NXT here in eight minutes and AEW Dynamite tomorrow night live on, uh, on, on, the, on the tent. Uh, and Thursday if you watch Impact. Yeah, I'm going to watch Impact. I and think. then Friday if you watch SmackDown. All and right, then. so it's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not over yet. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Anything you want to just plug, talk about, if you... For something from Raw you want to give your thoughts on, go ahead. If it's something he wants to plug, keep it to himself. Anything that you'd like to... Well, that's that's between him and his bedroom. Ryan, what are your your final thoughts? Say whatever you like. Overall, I mean... Within reason. (laughs) Overall, I mean, another WrestleMania season's in the books. For what it's worth, sure, a lot of people can say it didn't live up to the hype, but another great time... To just sit there and sit back and watch wrestling. NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver did just that. I thought it was I thought it outbeat WrestleMania. And I mean just it's always great to sit back and be a fan. I, I thought about it all last week while watching it, like you guys said last week. Just take this time, sit back, be a fan, enjoy the product for what it's worth and don't criticize. And it was nice to have the fans back. So just being able to sit back, be a fan and enjoy everything again. I am gonna miss having fans. I wish they would have kept Raw at Tampa for one more night just to have the Raw after Mania with some fans in the stands, but we're back to the Thunderdome, so overall. I enjoyed it all very much, even though it was a whole bunch of wrestling, but great times again. Uh, Absolutely great times, and it doesn't stop. Mr. McCarthy, what are your final thoughts? You have the floor to say whatever you'd like, within reason. So don't forget to check out the Bruce Cruz podcast, the only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears every Thursday, one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The other announcement, you know, you know, uploading time allowing the plan is to have to the turnbuckle on Spotify every Wednesday by the beginning of AEW. I like and on, that time. And on the Bruiser Nation Productions YouTube page as well. And don't forget our merch. There's links to all both of our merch partners at BruiserNationProductions.com. Absolutely. Buy some merch. Buy some merch. 
We, Lord knows we need it. We want to grow this podcast and we can only grow it with as much as you allow us to. So if you could buy some merch or just give us a like and give us a share, we would greatly appreciate it. Or give us a download. We'll take whatever you can get. Mr. Gnarly Napper, final thoughts for you. Uh, well, I do want to echo the sentiments by the merch. Uh, I do want to say really quickly on the merch. If you're going to Spreadshirt to get any of your stuff, sometimes it may not look the way you particularly want. The the hat, this is the logo for the hat. Sometimes it can be it a little looks small. way bigger on the website. Yeah, they do. They, do. they look, look way, way bigger, bigger on the website. So I, we want to apologize in advance if you don't necessarily get the, the product that you were looking for. Go on their website. They have a very good, you know, they have a very good customer service. I've noticed. Um, I put in a complaint about the hat, and they're getting back to me very, very quickly. So they will try to make it right if they do mess up with whatever gear you get. So just wanted to throw that out there really quick. My final thoughts, though, this was an incredible weekend of wrestling. Incredible weekend of wrestling. Like you said, WrestleMania didn't have, you know, that pomp and circumstance we're accustomed to but at the same time still an incredible weekend all all the matches were very good or incredible um can't wait to see what this next season of my wrestling life holds it's going to be a lot of fun looking forward to it i agree with ryan i wish that they would have maybe had one night of fans still after WrestleMania. I think we're going to get back to that point eventually. Uh, you know, AEW's doing some house shows, and like Jason said, they're doing blood and guts. So I think probably WWE wants to watch how that goes first, I would imagine. I think Vince is – that's how he's been this entire COVID time. He wants to sit back and watch what happens with AEW and how they handle their crowds he and stuff. He kind of lets them do it first. Right. He kind of lets them do it first. So I, I really feel like that's where we're going with this. And once AEW starts having house shows and stuff like that and lives and everything like that, you're going to see WWE get back to that. So by SummerSlam, I'm sure we will have – Raws and SmackDowns with crowds. Oh, what what a magical feeling that would be! Well, for my final words, I want to thank you, gentlemen, uh, for for not only uh, what we've done this past year, as we know, WrestleMania is kind of the end of it, and then what we're getting ready to do. Because uh, I can't do this without you, gentlemen. I, I can't ha- have nearly as good a show, have nearly as much fun. Most importantly, without you, gentlemen. So I want to thank all of you for. Signing up and saddling it up for another year as we, we strap in to begin it all again and do bat, WrestleMania Backlash. God, what a stupid name. But sincerely, I want to thank you guys for everything you have done and will do. And I look forward to doing this again for the next year. I love all, all of you so, so much. Like brothers, I die for you. I mean that. And, and so thank you all so much for making that happen. Thank you for listening. Uh, to those of you that listen to this podcast, whether it be live or via Spotify and all the various apps that develop us. Thanks to our fine folks at Anchor. And I, I thank you so, so much. And, and boys, are you ready to do a whole nother year of wrestling programming? Just as long as it's not 10 days in a row again. Well, maybe next year. <laughs> that was a lot. Maybe next year. Hopefully well, maybe actually, I do. before we go away, I do have one question because I, I saw a lot of people bring this up. Just a quick question. You can give it a yes or a no. Do you like the two-night format? No. Jason? I did last year, 
But I think it was because it was new. I I can go back to the one night WrestleMania. Right. Like, I think five hours over one night's better than eight hours over two. What about you, Ryan? I'll take the one night back again. Oh, I'm in the minority. I want the two. I like the two. I, I think it gives more opportunities for everybody. I think it's a little bit more difficult to book matches because you have to book so many matches and book so many storylines, and maybe that's the issue. But I kind of like it. I like the one long night. I think that wrestling should have like its one day where it's just like, holy crap, it's wrestling. But Saturday and Sunday and all those things, I think that gets to be a lot. I like the one night. It's just what I'm used to. I can take two. That's fine. Anything to get Taker back on the card next year. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have plenty of that as, as the year to come. With that, Loganites, we are out of here again, getting set for another year of WWE and AEW programming, Impact programming for that matter. I did watch Hardcore Justice. Highly enjoyed it on Impact Plus if you get a chance to watch. I do plan to buy Rebellion, and I plan to review it on this show. McCarthy, how about you? You plan to buy Rebellion? I might. When is Rebellion? April 25th, young man. I don't know. All right. And if 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 they never put tickets for Blood and Guts on sale, probably. Okay. But if they put tickets for Blood and Guts on sale, that next week I'm driving to Florida. I understand. I really, in good conscience, shouldn't be buying a pay-per-view. Uh, that's fair. All right. We, we shall see how we work all that out. With that, we have exciting projects in the future. Thank you, Loganites. Let's get ready for another year. God bless you boys, and God bless all of you for listening. I love every single one of you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I'll see you. Bye, Loganites! Bye, Bye Loganites! Loganites.